another lovely, amazing, fantastic, spectacular episode of Not Your Average Citizens. I am Nat, and I am joined by everyone today. So please do introduce yourselves. One more one. Well, you ain't had a lot like that, but hello, everyone. I'm Jimmy. I'm Ash. Blackpink in your area. I'm Jay. Guys, we're asking, you know, question mark. It's the end of the year. Nothing happens in K-pop. Let's let's be real, guys. We are here to celebrate ourselves, yourselves, and the K Entertainment space. One last time for 2022. Our next episode will be our famous Nyan Awards. And I'm sure that you are all wondering who's gonna take home artist of the year. So we'll we'll definitely have that prepared for you. I think it's gonna be EXO. I would agree. We can tell you who it's not gonna be. We know who's not gonna be. Anyways, let us start with what are we listening to, everyone? Beyonce. Always. And SZA's new album is coming out on Friday. I'm perched in my seat and I'm ready for it. It came out already, to be honest. So that's good to know. That no, December, December 9th. December 9th. Ah, next, okay. next Friday. Be ready. Uh, of course. Okay. I have been listening to well, Tony Braxton, as always. She's actually my second most listened to person according to Apple Music. So, yes. Number one on Apple Music and number one on YouTube. Guess who that was? Got Seven. Seven. Yes, it was. Wait, Got you Seven. mean to tell me it wasn't Bang Chan? It wasn't Bang Chan. I like looking at Bang Chan. I'm still on the fence about his music. So, well, it wasn't him. Okay, you know, I, I wanted to say something real quick about GOT7. Yes. Because my favorite album from them is, yes, yeah. yeah, oh the Flight Log Arrival. Album. I love it. Yeah. I still listen to that. And that has a special place for me. With, is that the one with da 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 Oh, you're talking about breath. You're talking breathe, about breathe, breathe, breathe. Yes, breathe. No, that was from their last album under JYP, which is like Breath of Love. Because I came out with the other song on Peace, Last Peep. No. Yeah. So Arrival had Never Ever, but it yes. also had like Shopping, side, Shopping had Mall. That, that was a controversial song at the time with the fandom, but it we don't uh, care. Yeah, this, mm-hmm. is, this is old. Yes. Yeah, this is never, okay, ever yeah. got to it. This is their flight log when they were trying to make a storyline out of nothing. Right. <laughs> okay, I still don't understand it. also you know. has Don't Care, which is one of my favorite, favorite, favorite songs from them. Wait, That's a Yu-Gi-Oh! track. What, what popular song does it have on it? Never, ever. Never, ever. Never, ever. Is that it? I mean, that was Shopping Mall. Title. I consider Shopping Mall to be popular. What Yes. So out is a very popular song for them to perform. Out of the Flight Log series, I liked, I think it's the last one, maybe? Arrival. Taste. Yeah. No, no, it's not the Arrival. The only taste I read. Departure? It was. Or was it Tarping Land? No. So it had to be Departure, because that was the first yeah. one. Whatever one had, let me see. Seven for Seven is still their best album, but. Departure yeah, had Fly, and then they had Hard Carry. No, yeah. Hard Carry was second. Okay, was so Hard I Carry was did, on Arrival? No, hold on. Hard Carry was on Turbulence. But I did like Turbulence because it had no jam. It had made 
I love Mayday. And it had Let Me. So that was a good album, too. The only one I wasn't really a huge fan of was Departure. Departure was not, like... We just totally it just hijacked it. <laughs> so yeah, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. You I'm know, sorry, we start talking about that seven. It just seemed like I was escalated, guys. I'm sorry. We had a whole mini so just on God Seven in 2021 or 2020 or something like that. And it was over an hour. So clearly, you know, we are fans. Maybe we, we can come back to this oh, maybe at the end. At the end. It was I think it was me and Nikki from Soju. Not so not not no, sweet. It wasn't Soju Nikki. It was Unbothered Unies Nikki. Because you know there's two Nikki's. So it was Unbothered Unies Nikki. We did a special Patreon episode for this Nyan. But I, I understand not knowing because for me, 2019, 2020, and 2021, and 2022 have all felt like one big year. So I can understand. Like, I can't remember a lot of things that happened just recently. I <laughs> do not remember 2019. And I'm pretty convinced it didn't. Yes. What are we listening to? Renaissance as very popular. I did give Taylor Swift's new album a listen, but I wasn't a huge fan of it. I actually really liked Evermore. I didn't really, I thought this album was doing a bit too much. She shouldn't have done. So just want to throw that out there because I know a lot of the girls are huge Taylor Swift fans. She, she occupied like the whole top 10 of like the Billboard charts or something like that. It was a big deal, but I'm not feeling it. I think Arena Soyama's album, Hold the Girl, was better to be quite honest. So yeah, that's, what I'm listening to, anyways. And Christmas music. What about, I think, Ash Christian music? music? Sorry, Christmas music. Christmas music. We lift you up, my love. Is this okay, I mean, done. <laughs> Christmas music is kind of Christian music because, you know, it's all celebrating <laughs> Jesus' birthday. So, hey, NCT should come out with a gospel Christian album. I know H-Town would be great on a gospel album. No. But yeah, NCT yeah. Gospel Christian Christian album. You know what? This is why SM needs us on yes. payroll. Yeah. And we be having the ideas. We do. I mean, go ahead, Ash. Say Ash. It's okay. I've been listening to surprisingly Christmas music too, because I don't usually care for like traditional Christmas music, like the holiday stuff. But I've been listening to like yeah, like that. But I listen to, like, there's a playlist on YouTube music that's soul Christmas classics, and I like that because it's soul music. So, it's um, Christmas. Yes. Like yes. that. <laughs> so, but yeah, my 2022 recap on there was a lot of surprisingly musical songs from musicals. And Is that surprising? I don't think that's surprising for you. Oh, wow, Nat. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's probably what we're listening to. You mentioned musicals. Ask. That is true. You have been paying attention. So yes, yeah, six, six was at the top of my list. So I listened to that quite a bit. And then for K-pop in general, I listened to a lot of throwback stuff. So not really a whole lot of like newer stuff this year. I listened to like Ivy a little bit. Um, I, I, liked their, I liked their debut song a lot. And, you know, as much as I hate to say it, I did listen to a couple of Blackpink songs and it was mostly, you know, throwback stuff. And then just recently, I've been listening to a lot of, we were talking earlier, Jimin mentioned B-Day and Beyonce, listening to Beyonce's older stuff, which I greatly prefer. I went on a Beyonce and Rihanna binge the other evening. So that's, you know, that's something. So yeah, listening to a lot of throwback stuff mostly, not a lot of new songs on my list. Wait, I want to add something too, because I've been listening to throwbacks too. 
The other day I was listening to, y'all know, y'all about to judge the hell out of me. Y'all know Tyree's song. How are you going to How are you going to act like that? I love that song. I love that song. I see, that's the only, like, I am also, you know, a, being arrested for beating up somebody and singing Empty House on my knees. I see that song, like, I'm going through it for Tyree's because that's a great song. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but yeah, I'm done. You know, Ashley, just talking about that song, you know her other song I really like to sing along to, like, I'm in that headspace, is that song, Best Man, from the Best Man soundtrack, you know, the Best Man I Can Be with Case, Tyree, RL, and Genuine. Wait, hold up, pause. Because this may be... Okay. I just want to say this real quick. Yeah. Have y'all been seeing the memes? Okay, it's probably just not funny to laugh, but the Genuine... From his recent concerts. Yes, I have. Yes, I have. Oh no. I it's haven't seen I haven't seen them, but I'm already You know what's on Pirate Those though? Justin Timberlake when he he when they were doing the memes of him dancing at his recent yes, concerts. Yes. He deserved those memes, so. I was just like, oh, so like Usher Usher is out here, you know, still moonwalking and shit, and y'all are just like, like, mm-hmm. what's going on? I know you know the thing is, if you're if if your, you know, body's different and whatever, that's fine. Why are you still dancing? Like, it, like you look good. Like, like, like you're t- 23. Like, like I mean, if you ask me, stuff, he was like, never that great of a dancer, but. So it, I, it's, I've seen <laughs> New Edition, like their concert stuff on YouTube, and they adjust their choreo because they're older men. They can't do the same thing. They can't do all of that turning and stuff like that. Like they did. If this day is enough. They can't do that stuff anymore. And, you know, they acknowledge it and they change. I love that song, too. Listen. And they still show more rhythm than most of the K-pop guy groups. Anyway, Jay, what you listen to? You should tell us everything, Jay. Everything. Jay, you mentioned like as we talked. You mentioned (laughs) like an indie artist that I'm really very interested in knowing more about. So I don't know if you want to mention these people a little bit more. I don't know who y'all talking about, but... <laughs> hey, Jay, 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 can you turn your yeah, mute your down just a little bit? It's up again. Okay. I love it. That's funny. What about now? A little I bit mean, I'm going to need you to talk some more. Yeah, yeah. So we can best. hear it. <laughs> okay, turn it down a little bit. bit. Yeah. Right here? Right here? Yeah, I think I think it should be good. Wait, say it. Laugh again. Laugh, laugh again. What are you? <laughs> <laughs> you got to turn it down a little Jake bit more. Laugh on command. Yeah, you got to turn it down a little bit more. Right here. Oh, you're about to be twenty. Yeah, that's good. Oh, that should be fine. Okay. Right. How many weeks? Uh, okay. I wonder. Nothing's coming to mind. Uh, Okay. Well, okay. Well, I have been listening to Blackpink, like a playlist of the, their title tracks in eighties too. Yeah, Mami Oro. I'm missing her. The Blackpink form is probably like five songs, right? Like, no, actually, it's like it's twenty, so it's about an hour. It okay. doesn't have the, the the songs from the recent comeback. I don't know because sometimes the order of the songs be all it doesn't flow right. But like this playlist. It's like a year old, but I like the flow of that playlist. Same thing with the ATs one. Yeah, so I go back to those. And I was watching a lot of, like a lot of Nami Amuro videos. Like I said, I'm missing her. She needs 
But I mean, I understand. I understand she's not coming back. She retired. Yeah, that's kind of it for me right now. I will say I have been watching a few as old, well, I want to say old R&B, but just like Beyonce's D-Day and Sierra, like Promise and her songs from that oh, era. Yes, um, like a boy. Yes, yes. So, yeah. And I do listen to Rihanna's Loud album because I was just like, she really was loud on that. So <laughs> is that the one with Heart? No, that was R. The Loud had oh. like Only Girl in the World. What you know what? Okay. So let us get into combat. That was the longest now playing that we've ever done. Because we are listening to so much fun music. And, and also, there's really no comebacks that we care about. Let's be real. And Cara came back. I okay. care about exactly. that. Exactly. Okay, you better wait. let her know. I did. I did. See that one. There's no, we don't have a comeback list. So that's true. Forgive that's me. True. That's true. That's true. making us we We've been busy. When Okay, oh my so gosh, with the ending, off, though, I almost bursted out into tears. Oh my, I couldn't. Yes. I literally couldn't. With the six I mean, mics. I was just you know, like, oh my goodness. Hard I was just, just like. Forever remember. They're heavenly forever remember. And I love that Car came back and they gave us something that was totally in their style, but yeah. mature sound, like an older, more mature sound of it. It's a good freaking song. Like, even K-Nuts I've seen are saying it's good. International fans are saying it's good. Obviously, their fan base, you know, did dwindle quite a bit by the end of their career, their run, their original run. So they don't really have the big, you know, like, SNSD, I feel like, has a much bigger, more solid fan base still to this day, where Cara doesn't as much. But I think that it's, people are appreciating it, and they're, they're really enjoying all the comebacks that we're getting. And they did Killing Voice. And they did that medley at Mama's, which was so freaking fantastic. Oh, my God. Did you ever see it? Yes, I did. It was so emotional watching it. But also, I was up because they did, like, step in a step. And they did mist. And they did look. Yes. I was like, oh, my God. Like, for me, my favorite song. Still is Wana. I know. I really love Wana and Jump In. But Lupin, obviously, is that girl, like. And obviously, Mr. and Steph and Pandora. I'm, I would love to see them do Pandora as well, too. But I like, too, that they're all, they all kind of flow together very well. And they kind of go well because Yoongi was added after Nicole and Jiang left. And, you know, it could be awkward because, you know, that was your replacement, but it wasn't awkward at all. It was very much giving like Wonder Girls when Sunmi left and then she came back for their, their band concept. So I'm really, appreciate it i love i'm loving seeing you know all the girls out there and gary a total g already did you see when they asked her what her is her key to longevity and success you know in the idol world and she said to get married don't go into relationships she's still uh, i love I her can't. i mean that is very she her is she has always been like that i love that yeah she is before her time like just, absolutely yeah. <laughs> but there are other comebacks that have happened I can't really think of any. I know RM had a comeback, but I haven't listened to it. I heard she was Shimmer had a comeback. Okay. Yeah, that's what I heard. <laughs> I was responding more to Shinwa coming back. I'll be honest. Yeah, so Shinwa did come back today. And it's their first official subunit. And they're called WDJ. And I actually really like the song. It was fun. I thought that they look good. They're shooting people because, you know, Korea has a gun problem. And it's great. I am so excited to listen to the rest of the album. Very excited for them. But yeah. Anything? 
stay asking because we can find it. I mean, Hang Daniel had his repackage, but I mean, I just listened. Yeah. So I was surprised because I didn't think he would have one for his album. Yeah. Because it's like six months after the original album, and normally they only do the repackage like two to like the second or third month. So yeah, but I just heard the title for the repackage. Yeah. And Red Velvet had a comeback, but I really... Oh, birthday. Yeah, yes. I just, I, that's all I know. I did listen to the song. People, people seem to hate it. I haven't actually been able to listen to the whole song oh, yet. Yeah, I haven't listened to it either. But yeah, I just know that they had a comeback. It's very polarizing. Yeah. And that's been their kind of MO unofficially. Like that's that. true. So two by two allegedly announced... <laughs> you know how they be doing them little, like comeback previews at the award shows i guess they allegedly did something like that but they're coming back i guess i don't know you know i don't watch that stuff so i really don't know and other than them i don't know of anything else that really caught my eye i mean only one of just had to come back you know how they're doing their little series yes um, well, I anybody that i listen to that is having a comeback within the next week or two or that announced the comeback. I think it's not really the time because everybody yeah, kind of focuses on the shows. end of year stuff. Yeah. So they not really a lot of comebacks right now. So it's fair. Anything we might have missed or not known? No, I can't think of anything. <laughs> All right. Well, we're having a comeback. We're yes. having a comeback. Great guys. We're here. Actually, when you put when we put it that way, it's actually kind of you remember that when we when we got dragged on the internet for saying Janet Jackson was having a comeback, and it was like how she gonna have a comeback if she never left. It just made me realize that like if you apply the word comeback to on Korean idols, it just sounds weird. That's all I was gonna say. Yeah, it's one of our That's most true. viewed videos on YouTube. Our very not very much used YouTube channel, but. That one got some views. People were very interested in what we had to say about Janet Jackson. So, I mean, she's the best. Yes. Period. All right. All right. So let's get into topics. All right, guys. So because we haven't had an episode in a while, some of this news might be old to you. Sorry. But we are going to talk about it anyways. And let's start with like one of a story that came out of the mamas. So. Sanji Idol Soyeon, who is, you know, their producer, rapper, lyricist. She does it all, guys. And she really, really loves ethnic kid music. So she dissed... That was so smooth. Sorry. <laughs> she dissed the mamas in her rap where she commented, what a word where you give... I'm sorry. What a word will you give us this year, mama? We know, you know who we are. The syndrome of the year. Okay, that's awkward. We reject specially made awards. So basically, she was just calling out the mamas for, you know, making up awards as they do. And lo and behold, Silent G Idol did win a really random award called Favorite Female, which didn't have a male counterpart won. It's not like an official award, like Best Female Group, because that went to Blackpink. So this is just a specially, specially made award for Silent G Idol. So... Well, she was not pleased with the fact 
that, you know, they worked very hard and they were very trendy. But they were very, very, very popular this year. Honestly, they got me this year. Like, Sally G, I don't, I don't know what was it this year, but I really, really, it was, the, it was the racism. I think you were just drawn in by the racism. Probably. I think it's more because that round face girl is no longer in the group. And I think that they, they like, she made them a little awkward. I feel like they are, because she was so sexy and everybody else in the group wasn't. So I thought it was a really strange kind of dynamic. But without her there, everybody's kind of like on the same level. They flow a lot better as a five-member group in my opinion. So, and also I start to see them perform live. And this year for me, live performances has been my main thing. I love watching idols perform live. And since, because I guess because it doesn't happen as often anymore. So watching them, Stacy also is another group that performed live a lot and they sound pretty good. Ivy got dragged for lip syncing and then they went on a run of having actual mics and performing live. Actually, they performed at an awards show with no backtrack at all, which is like completely unheard of in Cape. So respect to the girls and even pressure. Uh, a lot of people talking about them at the Mamas for performing live because they were one of the only groups perform live as well too so i think that really helped for me it helped with silent g i don't know help with a lot of groups this year does anybody else have anything to add about you know mama and their specialty award you know their attendance awards i mean let's call them what they are guys they're i really i i so i feel like a lot of the award shows that mostly do k-pop awards have these fake awards like what is, what is that one show where everybody will win like a favorite favorite like male artist or favorite female? Is it this is the triple A's? Was like I think so artist or something, and everybody and wins the award. Those ten people, ten artists or group per category. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> the one. Yeah, and so Linda, you can give thirty awards and just for those three categories, like these and wow. ten awards. Is YG still boycotting the mamas, or was that something else? Well, Treasure was there, so oh, okay. So. I think was it because they're on their the European leg of their tour, but Treasure was there, so I make I don't I honestly don't so I don't think YG really has the position or standing that they used to have to be able to boycott anything at this point because who's really there for Treasure? I I mean. Compared to the other groups that are there, like, let's be real. But Treasure has some some bops. I mean, they're like medium champs. Yeah, and all 12 of their fans enjoy their bops. And I'm like three of them. Uh, I mean, I honestly don't have any really real feelings on Treasure, to be quite honest with you. (laughs) But... In terms of like who was act the actual word and you know like what street kids are doing, what seventeen are doing, you know, treasures like treasures even behind in hyphen. Let's be a little bit honest about it right now. Who was in Oh, never mind. Yeah. So and I'm actually that might be for gen word group. Not gonna lie, I kind of really like oh, you have to you can choose from two by two stray kids and heck, I'll even give you ats. But you choose in hyphen. What is wrong with you? You know what I like about in hyphen. I feel like they. I feel like their music is just like it's just music that you can listen to at all times. It's not very polarizing. I feel like kids. So every, like, everything they do is like I don't know because that last album wasn't it wasn't given. But I can sit down and listen to in hyphen for hours. And honestly, it just, just album wasn't given. Stray kids. I mean, their albums usually never give, but. 
Sixteen. Girl, bye. Ugh. And in was? I mean, neither of them were giving. I mean, they were giving. Yeah. Let me turn it off. Listen, that that drill song was was actually not bad. Not gonna lie, I'm not going to lie. Are you sure? That's the mic. That's the mic. Yeah, hey, pass the mic to somebody I else. I, I, I gotta listen to it now. <laughs> you never listen. Pass the mic. Oh my God. Anyway. I haven't either. I don't want to. Pass the mic was actually the song that made me realize that I liked and hyped in. Because after I listened to that song, I was like, and then I sat and I listened to every single song in the discography just to make sure. And I was like, you know what? I can't even lie. I like them. I do. I'm sorry, guys. I like them. This is why More drugs than- are illegal. <laughs> But yes, okay. Well, that's it for the mamas. I mean, I didn't watch the mamas. I watched the performances of them from the mamas. And outside of Kara. Oh, you know what I did want to say about the performances of the mama? They did this whole girl group thing where like Ivy, Kepler, Eugene, and some other group. I can't remember who it was. Oh, and Mix. They performed together and then they did like twice as cheer up. I think it's been one of the worst performances I've ever seen before in my life. It was very strange. It had random members of the group do a dance, like a chorus part or whatever of each other's song. It was so unimaginative and nobody really stood out. It just felt really basic. So don't do that again, mamas. But yeah, I'll go into the next, I'll go to the next topic, which is that love is dead. I'm sure everyone has heard the news. Huna and Don, Edon, have broken up. They were actually engaged, not just dating. They were engaged to be married. And yeah, Kina put out a statement on Instagram saying, we broke up. We decided to remain as good friends and colleagues from now on. Thank you always for your support and for looking over us fondly. Did anybody feel like love died? Did they lose any belief that love was real? Why did they break that? up? I don't know. They broke up like a fictional couple. I mean, like, I don't know. Maybe. I guess I, I guess people do do that, huh? Like they yeah. would make announcements when saying, sorry that I disappointed you for breaking up, for making a life for my personal, I mean, a for my personal life. <laughs> for K-pop fans, you have to do that for yeah. your own safety, I feel. I also feel like their brands was their relationship by this point, right? So that's why they had to announce it. They couldn't just like, you know, some people just stop seeing each other and people kind of get the clue. They couldn't do that because they literally promote together. They make music together. Like they are Huna and Edan, you know, or Don. So maybe that's but I can't believe Huna and Don disbanded. That's crazy. Right? I mean, at this point, we'll see. Now, if it comes out, that Edon cheated on her. We're gonna have to fight. But okay, so just because he looked like the way he do, that means he gotta be a cheater. Okay. What if she was a cheater? Hmm. Well, if she cheated, she probably had a good reason to do it. So yeah. <laughs> My bias is speaking clearly. But yes. Who knows? We just wish them the best in their future plan. Who knows? It could be one of those things where they broke up and everybody's going to shit talk them. Like, you know, all the Huna fans are going to shit talk Don and all the Don fans are going to shit talk Huna and then they're going to get back together and they're going to be stronger than ever. Maybe it's going to be like that. 
Oh no, I hope it's not another. Yeah, I hope it's not another Pam and Tommy situation like Pamela Anderson, Tom. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about Pam and Tommy from Martin. Martin, that's how you know I'm black. (laughs) 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 Some black stuff. Oh, but but I think I think the whole I want to just address something that Nat said because y'all just let that slide. And I'm not going to let it slide. But she said that Hannah had a good reason. What good reason could there be to cheat beyond, like, there's, a, there's, there's like, three reasons that would make cheating not If bad. he cheats? If he cheats? Cheating yeah, that's a, in that's response? A reason. That's a great reason. But, that, but, that's, but that's one reason, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Nat made it seem like there's a bunch of reasons. Oh, I'm just saying <laughs> that... If Hyuna cheated on Don, and this is how he looks like Beetlejuice today, let me go and cheat with somebody who don't look like Beetlejuice. I mean, we don't even know the extent of their relationship. They could have had an open relationship, and it was actually cheating. Why do we think that any of this has a basis in fact? (laughs) We have no evidence. We're trying to spice out their breakup, okay? We're doing the PR that they're... We're spreading rumors. We're spreading... We're on our TMZ right now. (laughs) <laughs> what is it called? The Shade Room? Yeah. You're on that. Yeah. You know what, guys? Cheating is... Don't do it. Don't... You know, I I don't... Okay, I can't lie. I'm not saying that you I don't support it, but I, yeah, I don't... Yeah, I'm not doing a lie. So, but, you know, it always, always is best to break up with somebody rather than cheat on them. Like, I thought you were going to say break up with somebody and then cheat, and then I, I was not no. a lot of questions. No, it's always best to end the relationship before you hurt people, okay? Like, let's not hurt people. And if you see a trend on Twitter that's about a certain K-pop artist that you can't stand, you know, just hide the trends, you know what I mean? Like, not interested in this. Let the algorithm know. You know what, though? what I'm doing, in case y'all wonder. What cheating story has been pretty hot? Those those two Uh news anchors from GMA? Oh. Yes, TJ Holmes. TJ yes. Holmes and Amy. Yeah, I don't get why people care that much about these people, though. Like, because a, a TJ Holmes, it, he is a... Okay, the thing is, when you go into that story, it looks like a simple cheating story. If you dig deeper, it it, it has, has layers. Holes. It has yes. layers. Like, yes. this man done cheat on his black wife, like, a million times with people on the show. What? Yes. And then he put up that annoying... Instagram post on her birthday or their anniversary talking about I'm like I'm so happy that she stuck by me I've done everything in my power to make her walk away and she's still here with me are you writing sir why are you embarrassing her like (laughs) yeah it's real the worst part I think of was that when the cheating allegations initially came out and people saw his wife they were like oh but he he should I was like, if my spouse cheated on me and the internet decided that it was okay, like it was fine, I would just end it there. Like, what do you, like, what do you, how do you want that? Okay. To get our stuff together, guys. The internet, we need to get our shit together. Cheating is wrong. Cheating is bad. The only time it's acceptable is in fiction when, you know, where it's, you know, the whole point of the, I guess, you know, that's, then soap operas. Soap operas are great for cheating because everybody cheats on everybody. But anyways, we're going to move on to the next story. And Elise Suman 
got a Anaheim documentary to be about how amazing he is. But at least to the to last. <laughs> it's called Lee Suman, the king of K-pop. Bruh. Do we agree? It's like okay. the king of K-pop. So oh, here's the thing, right? To be the king of a genre of music, you have to have, I don't know, maybe actually been a performer in that genre. You don't just go around calling. Yes, uh, though. We, okay, when when would he, was he a performer in K-pop? Oh, he is? Like he before he artist. made SM. Yeah, he was an artist. Before, before he that. made SM, he was not a, a performer in K-pop. Yes, he was. But no, he was like Lee Suman went artist. to Stanford University to study business. And then he came back at his, at, after he stole all of Motown's trade secrets and invented SM, if I'm not mistaken. Let me, let me. No, well, he made music too. Well, but he wasn't like an idol. He wasn't like he wasn't a like an idol. He was like a, he created. like a, like, I don't know, like a backyard guitarist or something. You know what I mean? The type of person to play Oasis at a party. <laughs> yeah, my okay, let me see. The- Early years of singing career. Oh, Oasis. Dang, Maybe. you are 1952. What the heck? Lee Suman is straight Lee up Suman, older than my mom. Jesus. It said, it said Lee Suman was also known for his trio with singers Monse and Yol, I guess. It says they were called the Masam, Ma, Masam Trio, named as such because of their appearances that resemble that of a long face of a horse. What? Of what? Trio with a horse face wow. idols? Yeah, but they were not idols. Oh, yeah. he, so he worked as a DJ, and then he was TV host, and then he was in some sort of a a, a group. But it don't even say what they the group did. So if you look at their like, whenever people are like, what are you saying? Like, look at look at the like albums. The look at the discography. He has albums. I, I, but the thing is, he, where you see okay. discography? Hold on. Do we count these as albums? I'm trying to uh, count. How come I've never heard them? Well, I mean, look at the year they came out. He wasn't exactly blowing them away either. I doubt. I know you're not using that as an excuse. Yes, I am. If I can listen to live recordings of Mozart, surely I can hear live recordings of of Lee Sumai. Well, okay, so here's the thing. I just made that up. I think he was like the 1500s. So here's the thing. Yeah, he was in a group. So basically, uh, yes, Lee Sumai was an artist. He was likely a pop or a rocker or something like that. Mozart, so that was kind of <laughs> and, <laughs> Mozart died at 17. <laughs> what? Mozart. This he is died funny. in 1991. I'm sorry. Continue. <laughs> what was he I, said, I, I said that I could listen to live recordings. Oh, sorry. Uh, he was dead before live recordings were Well. Okay, anyway. But anyways. Continue. Yes. Okay. So the argument here is that he was not actually a part of the system outside of him as a manager. Like, let's be real. Outside of as the manager and the the architect of K-pop. So that's, I guess, what the, the conflict here is with that. Does he need to be an artist in the system to be the king of it? I necessarily think so, to be honest with you. I think that he can be the king of K-pop because he created it. He created the very system that's still in place right now. Sure, and he's still going strong. You know, like I don't think 80 artists later. I don't think he can count. Mm-hmm. Because if that's the case, if that's the case, 
then we have to consider who's the inventor of Motown? Barry, Barry Gordon? Gordon? We have to consider Barry Gordon the king of pop, basically, or the king of R&B. Some and people do. As we know, he's neither of those things. He might be the king of business, you know. I, I'll give him that. Fair. I mean, because, like, Phil Spector created the wall sound, and he was, like, the king of that, but did he make music? Oh. Phil Spector? No, he created the what? The, what was it called? Wall sound or the sound of the wall or something well, like Phil that? Like, he did a lot of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I don't think he, was he, like, an actual artist who created music under that sound? Not bad. Lee Suman did not go to Stanford. He went to CSU Northridge, which is hilarious. And I have a reason for thinking that that I'll have to say off off air. So, okay, congratulations. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, all right. Tell us more about the propaganda. It's it's an Amazon. He pay Amazon Prime, which is so, now the number one streaming service in the world, by the way. So, oh, let's see some stats on these things because I mean, the only thing I ever watched on Amazon Prime was Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power show. So, and I uh, didn't watch really anything on Amazon Prime. Yeah. So here is like a. I guess some words we have a clip. that people said. Well, it's not clip. It's more just from this this documentary. Well, you know, filmmaker Ting Pu, who earned acclaim with their 2021 Prime Video documentary Val about actor Val Kilmer, Val Kilmer is helming Lee Sumat, a documentary chronicle chronicle. Yes, the enthralling life of a bold visionary whose work put his country on the map, sparked a global movement, and continues to, de- to define era as a release puts it a futurist and visionary on the scale of steve jobs lee is more than a music era. he is a world is on this on the level of steve jobs he's a futurist he's a futurist and visionary on the scale of steve jobs um, he's he's a world builder and a technologist whose original creation has taken over global entertainment one k-pop and at a time Oh God, that is so like so. K-pop is not like. Why are we acting like K-pop has solved world hunger? Like why? I mean, according to the fan, probably has. I'm not gonna sit up here and pretend like in literally inventing K-pop was not a like a huge Huge thing for Korea and their kind of like entertainment industry. I think that it clearly was. In fact, K-pop probably is a more stable job sector than like any. Any average minimum wage job in Korea. So I'll give him that. And I do think he's done great things. And I do think K-pop is a great, a relatively interesting invention, right? I just, I think that it's just too grandiose. Like they're describing him like, he, I don't know, like you said, like he ended world hunger, you know? Yeah. I mean, I do think that people don't give Lee Suman the credit that he deserves. But I feel like this is more like him patting himself on the than anything else. I feel like when you're that great, people will want that you're that great. Yeah. yeah. I think that's my problem with this. And also, too, like, I doubt they're going to get into the negative part of K-pop and of his own business dealings as well in this documentary. So I think it's going to be, you know, as Are you they mentioned. Also, and I wonder if they're also going to ever address how he... Well, because here's the thing. Maybe they will, though, because Lisa Mon, I feel like, has actually been pretty transparent about how he lifted the Motown um, formula. Yes. I feel like he's definitely talked about it. There's quotes. 
But I, if they're going to do that, I really want them to really focus on that. Like focus on this is not an original invention. I mean, it's an innovation, right? Like on a on a on a model and he's constantly innovating it. I mean, I think that there's something to be said for the fact that, you know, the Motown model, you know, we don't really do that here anymore. Yeah. Whereas in Korea, it is a very viable business, you know, strategy or business model. And it makes you wonder maybe if that model was just more suited to different type of cultures. You know what I mean? And Lee Simon saw that. He saw that our culture could, you know, I th- part of it is like the whole, I think the big part of it that makes it so unique is the training part. Like that model, I think, doesn't work as much here because our culture is like anymore, right? I think back in the day, it definitely did, which is why Motown has so many hits. But what I'm saying is, it's like, I think this, this, this day and age, it doesn't really work anymore because people want to do their own thing and people want to be independent and people, you know, they, they don't want to have this sort of crafted image, whereas mm-hmm. that works very well in Korea. So, yeah, they like structure, I think. And yeah. that's what it gives them, right? I don't know. I, I kind of feel like I get it. And I'm not going to like take it away from Lee Suman because I do think one thing that I will say is he definitely is a visionary. He has been at the forefront of combining technology and music for a very, very long time. And he he's a quitter. He's been trying to make the same group since Happen. work. Since <laughs> <laughs> we're juniors, debuted, okay? And, you know, and he keeps getting these mutations of it, but they're all successful. For juniors, like, honestly, I don't know. Apparently, NCT has two new members, too. Yeah. And they, oh, well, the next topic is going to touch on, like, S. SM news for NCT because they're looking to start NCTs outside of East Asia. So we'll get to that. But I do think that he's a visionary. I don't think anybody else could have came up with Kwanga. I mean, I'm not going to say that it's, it's a success. It's good, but, but, you know, like, well, well, it could well, also, I really mm-hmm. think he he knew what he was doing. I feel it's, like, okay, there's a couple things that Lisa Mon is really good at. Number one, it's identifying talent. Number two is identifying people who aren't talented, but who are either very attractive or have something very unique about them that he can sell. Lucas Kopkoff. Number three, I think he's also really good at concepting. And I'm not just talking about like concepts for music videos. I'm talking about creating concepts of like business models. Like, 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 okay, what's a good example? I feel like he, they're like the whole so he did the whole EXO universe thing, right? <laughs> like that, EXOs are really weird and largely in part because of that, right? Like he had, he, I don't know, it's like, it's, he puts crack. I won't say it's Lee Suman, but SM Entertainment and like it's, it's cult, it's like whole thing. It's like there's crack in it, right? And the whole SM town family yeah. stuff, like that is genius. I feel like people, I feel like other companies saw that and try to do it like Hyvie, I think tried to start doing it last year or whatever when they started having more groups and it just doesn't feel right like they don't feel like they actually know each other whereas in SM it genuinely feels like they all know each other like they they all train I mean Suho trained for 27 years so of course he knows everybody <laughs> but it just feels like they literally all know each other and I think that's what helps like it seems like he cultivate like SM Entertainment cultivates this like real connection between like like the different members of the different groups. Like, Kenny regularly hangs out with the girl, Girls' Generation girls. Taeyeon and Jonghyun were, like, really close friends. Like, 
you know what I mean? Like, I don't know how to explain it, but whenever I see that in other companies, it seems so fake. Like, it seems yeah. like they don't even know each other. Like, they be saying Hyung and, like, the Hyung be caught off guard because he, like, I just met you yesterday. Like, don't call me Hyung. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's because I watch so many different companies, but, like, especially with Hybe and, like, how they're trying to force 17 and 2 by 2 to be, like, like, buddy-buddy. And same thing with like BTS. They're they're trying to force all their groups to like know each other. And it's also super awkward whenever they get around like the girl groups in Hybe, like La Seraphim. Like I it just don't seem like it just seems so awkward. Like like mm-hmm. it just seems like all the guys are scared to even look at the girls. I mean, that's an exaggeration, but like at least with SM, you don't get that. With SM, like honestly, I don't think most of the fans of like Shiny, especially, but like, I mean for God's sakes, Kai done dated every girl in the industry. Like, people don't really, I don't know how to explain it, but whatever whatever the strategy is, the business model that has led his idols to being, seeming like real genuine friends, as well as the fan basis to be loyal to SM and not just the groups. Because you can make the argument that High B has company stands now, sure. Because I have seen a lot of armies become whatever in hyphen you know, whatever their fans are. And there are like engine? army MOAs. But I, I don't think it works. Like, I it, I really I really feel like once BTS goes to the army, all the armies, they're not just going to suddenly become carrots. Like, that's not going to happen. Whereas we've seen with SM that, like, once groups start kind of, you know, taking a break a little bit, the next group up absorbs those fans except for nct for some reason a lot of sm like a lot of people who are from like the older generations of sm really don't get down with nct <laughs> I, I don't know why that is but i've been talking about it and nobody's responding so i feel like I'm oh no no i was just waiting i was waiting for you to like say what you had to say i didn't want to interrupt you but i do agree i think that the friendships that we have seen sm specifically the friendships feel both professional and like more you know what i mean like there's there's like a level of respect because they work together and they see each other around and stuff like and then some obviously have stronger bonds but i think through the work that they do as a company like when they do the sme retreat they they do like every year the halloween party which they they yeah the halloween party is a big thing and some town, I think through that work, they become closer and you can see people sort of literally go from like being kind of awkward coworkers to being like real friends. And then you have people who like join the company to be because their idol, the fa- their favorite idols were there. Like Hyoyeon from Girls' Generation is a huge Shinwa fan. So that's why she joined SME. So like they are actually pretty close. Mm-hmm. And then well, you a have- lot of the NCT, a lot of the NCT kids, they love like Shiny and a little bit of EXO. And the newer NCT kids actually love the older NCT kids, which is so funny. And yeah, another that thing part. that I want to know is that SM is really, really, really freaking good at merchandising and marketing. A lot of their groups, like logos and light sticks and all that, are unique and interesting. Obviously, some groups don't have light sticks. I mean, maybe y'all shouldn't have disbanded. Y'all would have got one. But anyway, point is, is they're, they're really... One thing that I really think it makes SM unique, too, is when they have, like, the little museum like the coex, yeah, that's like fun. That's super innovative. Like yeah. nobody's thinking on that level. But as, 
Look at me. I, I sound like a company stand, but it's true. Nobody's thinking. Oh, it's true. Either it's true. they don't have the money or they're not visionary like that. And you can't really even say, oh, it's because they don't have the money. Because there was a point in time where SM didn't have the money. And yet they still made it happen. I mean, yeah. come on now. There's, like, they they know what they're doing. And it's very clear in the fact that people thought, I remember years ago, people thought NCT was going to flop. And NCT is, like, one of the highest selling boy groups in K-pop now. Even though yeah. there's, like, a thousand different NCTs, they all yeah. sell really well. Yeah, no, they absolutely do. I will say, though, that the only other company where I actually do believe that, like, they're friends, besides YG, but that was only, like, the that first-gen, well, second-gen. Yeah, gen, I, I don't think, I, yeah, I don't even think, think Blackpink knows who Bobby is. They, they're like, who? <laughs> what, that, that, ple- that peasant? <laughs> no. <laughs> big, but Big Bang and Essence and 21 were definitely very close. But outside of that, like, kind of hit or miss. But JYP is another company where they have, like, they're, Actual friends, you know, like they, but that's because they were wild and they just, you know, got into mess together. So like they're all they're all pretty. But is tight. that just I, that generation though, like that third gen of Twice and basically got seven, or it, or is that also like if you go back, that would be Wonder Girls and Two PM, and then if you go in the future, that would be like Itzy and Stray Kids. Because I actually don't ever see Stray Kids are like. Maybe around twice, but I don't really see them around the other JYP groups. Like yeah, so I don't think, like, with Pink's C, it doesn't seem like they're that close to, like, the boy groups specifically. I do feel like like 2PM, sorry, Wonder Girls, twice, are close to 2PM and 2AM and, like, those, that generation, like, they were pretty, pretty tight. Like, they did a lot of promotion together, but they also did a lot of training together and stuff like that, too. So they're pretty tight. But it does look like the newer generations are not close. I don't know if that's more of a, you know, the way the fans are now. Back in the second gen, you know, guys and girls perform together all the time. It's not a big deal. But now you can't really do that as much. So that could probably be it. Have y'all seen this performance or cover of the girl group dance or song it's been like all over twitter oh i haven't seen it yet winter that's a great question let me look it up and i'll get back with you we can go to the next subject though well the next subject is basically oh wait did anybody else want to say something about lee suman's documentary i really thought it human said something about like how none of the i guess sm artists really vibe with nct maybe because nct has a lot going on with this I mean, you have 23 guys together, and we're not going to say and pretend like they're all friends. I will no, they're not. Jaehan does like a lot of the dance, like the dance challenges from uh, Hyoyeon from SCB. Oh, yes. like, like he has done, you know, like the dance challenges, you know, like her dance challenges. So, but he's like the only one I've really seen. You know, and like I said, you know, maybe they all don't buy. Oh, and I did see something that like Mark and Hachan, like there were like this big, big fight between them, but like yeah. nobody knows what it was about. Hmm. I mean, they're cool now, though. I, I mean, OK, yeah, that's the thing. Right? Like, obviously, there's discord even within groups. I mean, I remember Shiny talked about like, yeah, <laughs> we want to strangle each other. But I, I, I think. I guess when I'm getting, and also too, like, I, ha- EXO really hated each other. Like, EXO, okay, I, okay, I can't say that. 
I'll say that they were not very nice to each other because they used to bully each other like crazy. But what I'm saying is, is that, sorry, y'all, I'm trying to find the Hanbin video and do not search B.I. on Twitter because you will not get what you think you're going to get. You're just not. But (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) No, there's definitely discord, right? But I think that like, again, like you were saying, NCT is like 23 people. Right. I think that they have cliques within them and and it's clear which ones seem closer than others. Like I think right. And, and, and but but that's true of like every you know, I guess my I guess what I'm trying to say is like generally speaking, SM groups tend to have more friendly interactions that I've noticed between the groups than non SM groups. And they also have groups that have stood the test of time and stayed with the company. So it's more obvious in that sense. Like, you know, no one else from um, YG or JYP, you know, have the longevity like TVXQ and BOA. You know, they don't even have anybody who's been there long enough, like SNSD, really. I mean, all of SNS, well, not all of SNSD there, but who else was there? Shiny? Yeah. Like, they don't really have the longevity with their group in the same way. So maybe it's just also not as obvious because you don't, like, Boa is, she just had a comeback and she is doing dance challenges with, like, Ning Ning and Hyoyeon, which is, like, Boa, you know, 1.5 gen, Hyoyeon, second gen, and Ning Ning from Espa's fourth gen. You don't really see that at other companies. Because they don't, they just don't have that anymore. They That's a really, groups. really freaking good point. Because yeah, and for the most part, Daniel Sons and like Suho was he almost in shiny? I mean, yeah. there's that too. So like, they I all mean, almost in shiny is very much a stretch of the imagination. There, I, I mean, would well, say that for like twenty should years. Have, <laughs> yeah, he should have debuted, but he was never going to get that chance. You have to have talent to be a shiny. Okay, let me stop. Suho's talented. I just be messing with him because he trained for so long. We already said that. His talent Zool's, was his determination. Suho seems like a decent bad guy. So I feel like it's easy, it's easy to make fun of him. Like in a like not it's in just a such a type he of seems kind of nice. So he would be kind of like with you like we don't nice mean in the absolute most corny way possible right yeah like, we don't mean to like no one's here trying to bully Suho. we don't think he's trash or anything like that don't worry guys if we if we thought he was trash we would think he's trash. we would really like suho actually is talented like yeah. he you could tell he can he he'd be he, he could carry a tune okay yeah. which is way more than i can say for like half the industry so <laughs> but anyways yes let's get to the next topic so SM Entertainment shares plans for Southeast Asian expansion, new oh subunits, and Super M's <laughs> minus Lucas. Oh, right, yes. Okay. Me so. and Nat is over here doing Fortnite dances. <laughs> I have missed Super M so much. But anyways, I've been okay. so tired of being deprived. Number one of Temian, of course. But Temian and Ten interactions, I yes. live for it. I yes. literally live for it. Also, you know, I hate to admit it, and y'all know it's fundamentally against who I am and what I stand for as a human being, but I'm sorry. I miss Beckham's vocals. Just a little bit. Just a I tiny, tiny, a tiny, tiny bit. I miss him a lot. He is a in here. Yeah. The news. So, 
SM Entertainment plans to set up headquarters in Singapore as a part of their mission to expand into the South Asia, Southeast Asian market. And so in line with expansion, SM Entertainment intends to launch various businesses in Singapore, including cafes, merchandise stores, and exhibitions. And this new office in Singapore will also be managing joint ventures in Indonesia, Vietnam, and Thailand, as well as communicating with its South Korean office for other related ventures and plans. So in addition to these headquarters, founder Lee Suman, who shouldn't be giving interviews about SME anymore because he stepped down as you know, CEO and stuff like that. And didn't SM Entertainment also break ties with his subsidiary company that they were using for money laundering? Like... It's kind Shut of weird that you know, you know, Lisa Man is gonna be ipso facto in charge of SM until he's a corpse. That's so, true. and you know what? I have to add the stress: alleged money laundering, because that's what the board trying to <laughs> determine. Okay, <laughs> but anyways, so he has expressed interest in potentially creating a new NCT Singapore group, and they have plans to gradually reach the middle with okay with this hold on I, I got so much to say i got so okay. much to say i can't even hold back i i think i think this is the one place they need to stop innovating so quickly because singapore is not the market i think they should enter right now i actually feel like if they're gonna expand like that I think they should do an NCT Japan. I know that's not Southeast Asia, but my point with that being is like, I, I, I think you some countries need some time to develop their own industries first and to develop their own kind of like, not saying it's, it's Singapore doesn't have its own industry. Singapore is like a hugely prosperous nation. But the point is, is like, I, I think in terms of on the world stage, right? That's what I mean, right? So mm-hmm. Thailand has a very robust, I'm just saying Thailand has a very robust music industry. Thailand is not a world player like the US or the UK or South Korea or Japan, right? My point is, is I want to see Singapore do get, you know, get its own name out there, its own soft power before Korea's soft power is coming co-opted. Because I'm trying to understand what this is going to look like. Because I understand Wavy. Wavy actually makes a lot of sense in a very weird way. It's like the only group out of NCT that makes sense. <laughs> the rest of them don't make no sense. But Wavy <laughs> makes a lot of sense. The rest of them, I don't... Like, uh, if they want to... Oh, SM Middle East, uh, NCT Middle East, oh, it sounds like... It would it sound wrong. It would be NCT, Saudi, and they're working on an NCT... Oh, no. Video. Okay, so NCT Tokyo, fine. NCT Saudi, let me tell you why why this seems this seems not like a great idea for multiple reasons. But one of the reasons that I really think is because I it will be very weird. I I don't if they would do it the wavy way, that could be okay because wavy feels in many ways like don't get me wrong, they definitely feel Korean. But there, there's like a huge element of like China in them in the sense that like most of the members are Chinese. All of the members speak different dialects of Chinese. All of the members. And, and another big part of the reason why I think that that works so well is because China does have so many restrictions that you can 
basically anything that is Korean about them is immediately stripped away when they have to go to China, if that makes sense. And I think that that is going to be a problem that they face in Singapore because Singapore is the exact opposite of that. It's a super free, super like non-restricted place to a point where I feel like, is this just going to be another Korean group? You know what I mean? Whereas Japan, I don't think they'll have that problem. Japan is very good about like keeping its culture with it. And I feel like, because at, at a certain point, like it's not like we talk about this a lot, but it's not K-pop anymore, which is fine. I, I think it shouldn't be K-pop, right? I think Wavy, I don't think of them and go, I think that, yeah, they have K-pop elements, but they, in essence, should be like a ch- Chinese pop group, right? So I, I guess that's what I'm, what I'm kind of weary of. I don't want them to come in and Koreanize it. Not that there's anything wrong, wrong with Korea. It's just like, it. I want to, I, I don't know. That's just my own personal thing, right? That's like my own personal thing. Another thing, about like I think it's genius if they want to move into those markets though because so many especially if they want to I think Thailand is ripe for the picking Thailand and Philippines are two places where SM really SM is going to make out like back has because those countries have like the highest population of K-pop fans like outside of Latin America it's literally Philippines Malaysia you know Thailand and Southeast countries Southeast Asian countries and, and so that's perfect. Now, here, let me tell you another issue, caveat, with moving into Thailand specifically, because that's kind of what I know a lot about right now. Thailand has a cute industry. So far, I'm liking what a, a lot of what I see. Luckily, a lot of the Thai music industry is not in the K-pop tradition. It is in the Thai tradition or even the American tradition, which I guess you could say K-pop is in the American tradition, but at this point, it's kind of like become its own thing. My point is, is like, it is in the Thai tradition. You hear it in the music. A lot of the music sounds like it comes out of Thailand. Do you know what I mean? And now they're trying to become more Korean in a sense. So like, for example, I'll give an example. One of the big TV studios, GMMTV, which is basically, I said it earlier, it's like the SM entertainment of Thai, like <laughs> Thai drama kind of arena. They just announced their first kind of pop group project called like Alpha something, Alpha X or something. I don't know, Alpha something. And Project Alpha, I think is what it's called. And it's like 23 boys who, you know, are look like, you know, they're trying to imitate K-pop boys in the in their looks, which obviously that's not going to happen because they they literally look different. They look ethnically different from Korean people right? Mm -hmm. They're a different ethnicity, but they're trying to imitate that look. So you see like the heavy BB cream and like the flower boy thing, which is also kind of strange because another thing, sorry, I'm going in a huge tangent, but trust me, it's relevant. In Korea, boys completely shave their whole body. In Thailand, they don't do that at all. So it's, it's just kind of jarring, right? Like little cultural things like that are kind of jarring, but they're, they're trying to do that. And it's so awkward because it's like, I, I personally do not think that they do it as well as Korea. I think what they do best is their own thing. Like mm-hmm. the thing that they invented and the thing that they, like a lot of the Thai music I listen to is really, really good music because it, it is uniquely Thai, right? Like it's not trying to emulate K-pop. And even if it shares features with like, you know, pop music, other countries' pop music, it's not to the extent that it feels completely disconnected and like they're just, 
basically being reductive of K-pop. Whereas with this new thing of like Project Alpha, that feels so reductive. And I just don't want to see that, I guess, personally. And I, I don't know. I, I kind of lost the plot there a little bit. But the point is, I've been wanting to talk about this for so long. Ever since they, ever since GMMTV did their big announcements of their new shows for next year, because when I saw that they were trying to have this like new boy band, I was like, "This is a bad idea. It's not going to work. You like, it's just not going to work. The the it doesn't feel right. It doesn't seem right. And maybe they can make it work with a group, but this this one is too early for that. They need to, or really just do something different. I guess is like the moral of my story here is. I feel like I feel like SM Entertainment is becoming like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, like the NCT boys. It's like after a while, you know, we got to we got to put we got to halt it. You know, what I mean, we got to slow it down a little bit because I don't even think they got NCT 127 figured out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like figure that out first. And I know I just got done praising SM for being so innovative. But like, even though they're innovative, they don't mean that they don't, that their execution is perfect. It's not perfect. Hence why they had to do the same group three times. Yeah. No, I get I'm that. sorry. That was a huge rip. <laughs> and, and it didn't have really a thesis statement. So if you're lost, I'm sorry. I really want to know more what y'all think about this moving into these other places. And if y'all can see where I'm coming from with the idea that like, it don't feel right. Yeah, I see where you're coming from, but to me, I think it's just they're just trying to, outside of Korea, other music scenes are just trying to survive because K-pop created the void of like a generation of music artists. So in these other Asian countries, you kind of have like a legacy artist, you know, people that have been around 10, 20 years. You know, like Jay Chow, Julian Sai, I mean, Yami Moro before she retired, you know, Ayumi, Utada, Ken Hira, you know, like these big names from other countries, Asian countries that people are like, yes, these are our greats. And then when K-pop kind of really took off, it kind of took over those other Asian countries' music things. So any kind of, or like domestic kind of Thai group, Chinese group, J-pop group, they didn't have a chance to grow because all the focus at that time was K-pop. Now, you know, that was like the how you wave. So it's high, like 2013, 14, 15. Now that the wave is kind of, you know, still there, not as high as it was. Now there's kind of a market for those domestic groups to happen, but they don't have kind of like fandom and focus on because it was on K-pop. K-pop kind of didn't took those fans, you know, in a way or took their focus. So now these other Asian countries are in a way K-popifying <laughs> their domestic talent to kind of fill in that void, if that makes sense. So it's like here in America, so it's like think about it this way so that we would have like Madonna, Jenny Jackson, you know, people like that. And then there's a cutoff. And so after that cutoff, people that then are like popular are like, let's say people from Mexico, you know, from like people from Mexico or like those kind of artists are now like they took over. 
not not in a bad way. They just are like they have the focus now of a whole generation of people in the music scene. And so, you know, we'll say like in general, just just for this example, so like Latin pop, you know, became the focus of music in America. It had its peak out of the peak. And so now we have the focus kind of on American, you know, American artists from the United States. <laughs> But they don't have that same kind of appeal or rage or fandom, popularity or relevance because there was a time when Latin pop was in vogue, you know, in the main place. That has happened to Asian countries. So it's like you have their legacy artists and then K-pop and then that's kind of it. They don't have any like domestic artists from their own country can reach the level of their own legacy artists, you know? I, f- I, th- I like, I, I think that that's an interesting and, note to add. Sorry. I mean, and I think that this example probably is more clear to me anyways in Japan and China because they have had, like, big-name artists come out of those countries, you know, and then, like, K-pop was, like, the focus. And then now... Because we're like talking about like, oh, there's no like big name J-pop female singers, you know, because they can name like, you know, Nami Moro, Ayumi, Utada, and Koda. Those are like the big four, you know, and they're kind of like, there's not like the four like now because probably, I guess the potential bands that could maybe help develop singers to get to that level would focus on J-pop. You know, same thing in like in China. You know, there's like no big kind of like new generation of Chinese singers coming out because they were all focusing on K-pop and, you know, buying the K-pop albums and things like, you know, in like other Asian market, they don't have, they don't have big, their market base isn't as big as China, Korea, or Japan. So they're already working with a much smaller kind of industry and a much smaller pool of people that they can't support to be superstars. The public or focus at that time was on on K-pop, and so any new artist that's going to come up now, they're going to have a harder time trying to reach a level of fame that I guess was attainable in the past, because kind of K-pop build a vacuum was there. I and, guess, like my my question with this theory though is like. Why does that mean that you have to work in the style? Like, I mean, I, 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 I guess I can see. Because K-pop is what now? But K-pop, I feel like, is no longer. Okay, how do I put it? Yeah, it's exactly like K-pop, but like like I said, it's like popification of their own domestic music scene because K-pop is what has sold. You know, is what have people have gravitated to is what their interest has lied. And even like these new groups come out of these like out of Thailand and things like that, you can look at them and you can tell that they have like some K-pop elements to them. There was one Thai group. I don't know if they're around anymore. They were heavily modeled after GOT7. Like, like I remember that one. I mean, Wait, what? Because yeah, <laughs> now I need to know. 
It was, I can't remember the I name of the group. I forgot even mm-hmm. what their name was. Yeah. Was it? I mean, that's not a they, shock. They love, they they look like they, there's three groups. Seven, and they were modeled after GOT7 during their poison era when they were going to Seuss after four. It was around that kind of era. They were like modeled after. And they were getting so yes. eyes for being like, oh, you guys are straight copy of GOT7. Where by the moon era from Die, that album Die. Like, yes. They had like the outfits that were exactly the same right. and they were posing exactly the same. And everyone's like, is that seven? No, it was a Thai group that just. But, but in a way, I don't blame them. Because what was the, the from, just from the outside of looking at the Thai public? Mm-hmm. Really? Okay, it looks like that was a Vietnamese boy group. I forgot. I it was Thai. I mean, it was so long. Or seven. I'm deceased. That is hilarious. Yes, I mean, but I don't really blame them because if K-pop is what's selling or like that K-pop image is what's going to get your notice or sold, then they did it. I mean, I'm not saying that they completely like washed away their own domestic culture, you know, in that group. They were still okay. things like that. But in order yeah. to compete in like the music landscape now, that's kind of what they had to do. And like I said, like... I see. I see what you mean. No, okay. I get it when you put it. Because now that I'm looking at the picture of these guys, yeah, I get it. <laughs> they, I see, you know, they feel like they had to literally look like God 7 to compete. I totally get that. It's sad. And I feel like if you... From what I've seen, obviously, I'm not Thai, right? Like, I don't live in Thailand. I don't know... Like, I'm not, I'm not myself Thai, right? I will say from what I've seen, however, it does seem like K-pop is as much of a niche there as it is, like, don't get me wrong. It's a, it's still one of the biggest, like, it's, it's, it's weird because it's like, it's one of the biggest markets, but yet it's still like for K-pop, but yet it's still a huge niche there. But I guess K-pop, no matter where you go, is going to be a niche, right? Like, even if it's hugely popular in that place in a relative sense doesn't mean in absolute terms it's like hugely popular right mm-hmm. but i guess from what, what i'm saying is like when i see people doing like for example i follow a lot of like thai creators on tiktok i don't really use that app but i again i i go on there to see what's going on in the world right sometime and like instagram and stuff like that and a lot of times they are straight up just like they listen to time like thai artists who are usually like in the rock or R&B tradition, or they listen to American artists. The K-pop stuff is a very specific like niche of like, you know, younger. It, the same people who listen to K-pop in Thailand are like the same people who like, like ha- also stand like young adult series and, you know, stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's a heavy crossover there, which makes sense. But I guess my point is, is like, it's not like, the entire music industry in Thailand is being held up by K-pop in the same way that I would say it might be that way in other Southeast Asian countries. Like probably, I would say from what I know about the Philippines, K-pop is like literally probably their number one music consumption. Maybe. So the next topic is about Chu and Luna. Okay, I don't think we need to go into it. One thing, one thing. Yeah. I just yeah. cannot wait for Super M. I, I oh, yes. Wait. So they are planning a Super M debut. Sorry, come back. Sorry. I think oh, I closed the tab. But I'm pretty sure they said early 
2023. So that I can't wait to see Army's reactions. Yes, they're gonna be like, we thought they disbanded, and I'm like, no. And Luna and sorry, not Luna. Lucas is not gonna be there, guys. He's not gonna be in this upcoming wavy comeback too that's coming about this year or supposed to. It was just delayed or postponed or whatever, but. He was, he's not included in the way we come back and he's not going to be in Super M. So Lucas is pretty much done at this point. I, we can talk, we'll talk also about somebody else. cancellation done. looks like? Yep. We're going to talk about someone else who's been canceled. Not yet. We'll turn him top. First, oh. we're going to talk about Luna and Chu. So I don't really need to get into it. I feel like everybody should know basically that you don't know that. Okay. So Blackberry, Kim, you know, announced that Chu had been removed from Luna because of these allegations of her being a bully towards the staff literally like two hours later allegations okay yeah yeah two hours later literally every single person who's ever worked with chu including the staff at blockberry creative came out and said that that's a lie she was the best person on the planet then we got some news that i believe 11 no sorry nine out of the remaining girls had filed to terminate their contract with Blackberry. So everybody but Vivi had filed this and I think Hyunjin. Yeah, so only two members are still there. And a lot of people are saying that Vivi has to be there because she is from Hong Kong and she's on a work visa through the company. So she literally cannot felt his permitted. So Hyunjin is the only Korean member who has decided to remain and not file to terminate it. So Blackberry denied this report and it seems like that's going on. But I just saw that two hours later, like two hours ago, today, today is December 6th, Blockbeard announced that Luna's working on a comeback. I don't know. Girl, that's messy. What's, what's going on? That's for, mm, mm. I don't know what's That's an inside mess. So that's all that's going on there. I mean, we know that Chu has had issues there. One, we found out this year that Luna hasn't been paid yet. Two, while they were on their American tour and doing all these promotions, the girls were dropping like flies, basically because of the rigorous um, schedules that See, they had. See, here's the thing: I don't, I wouldn't mind getting paid if you're, if I wouldn't mind necessarily not getting paid as long as you're covering me on anything cost. I want and my my expenses. So here's the thing: but here's the thing: Chu has definitely done enough work to be getting paid. From her solo stuff because she is always working. She couldn't even go on tour with the group because she had a full schedule. So the fact that none of the girls are not getting paid and she was not getting paid, what is going on like that? Like they, I feel like they've more than covered their costs at that point, and that Blackberry is just being greedy. So there's that, but also the fact that they tr- removed her from her group and tried to lie and say that she was a bully. Like you look like she couldn't bully a fly. Like how? Like how would you expect anybody to? Seriously. Yeah, this is all a very, very strange situation. I just hope that the girls are okay. Like, I just hope that nothing shady is going on. Yeah. Yeah. Omega X. That's all I gotta say. You know what? Yeah, that's on top of the Omega X stuff. I mean, I could just quickly say that they terminated their contract with Spire Group, which is the company that, you know, they're signed to. And they demand compensation and will be pressing charges against their CEO and chairman as well, too. And they're looking to file criminal charges as well. So, and and they've just been talking to all sorts of reporters and stuff. So, you know, prayers for, for Mega X, prayers for Luna. Like, 
they're really going through it. And, you know, this is why you still have to talk about the dark side of K-pop because there is still a dark side and, you know, we need to be on top of that as much as we are talking about this. Anybody else have anything? Because I'm going to talk I, about... I mean... Yeah. Okay, well, I think this goes back to, like, people not really understanding of the label and then and, and i mean i know we talked a little bit about before we started recording but like in regards to k-pop and like not getting paid i mean i can try and find the video summarize quickly they say like half the trainee debt isn't like it's the food it's the food yeah. call so 50 percent yeah. of an idol's debt is it's not their lessons. It's not anything. It's the food. That's the thing that sometimes can, you know, be most of their day. It's about them not getting paid. I will always think back to Momo Land and what they did to get out of their in like a year or two. Is that they performed in and everywhere at sporting mm-hmm. events, you know, high school games, and this, that, and the other. You know, and they were had like a basketball doing that. Or, you know, they have five performances they had to do in a day. And they did that for a year and they got at it. So to me, it kind of is confusing that in general, the groups and sometimes their companies want to act like there are not opportunities for them to perform and get paid. Yes, the company is going to take half of the profit right off the bat. But if you put in enough performances, you eventually will pay off your debt. Here's the kicker, though, is that a lot of the groups don't do those kind of performances because they feel like they are above that. And doing those kind of performances in those kind of venues is beneath them and that they are too famous, this, that, or the other, to do them, which is a really weird mindset when you are Honestly, a new group that nobody knows about, nobody cares. You only sold 300 copies of your album and you are like $100,000 in personal debt. You have to pay back to the company. You better get out there and bust your ass and and get this debt out. Regardless of whether you feel that the venue is beneath you or not, because that debt is going to carry you until either A, your contract gets terminated, the company folds, or sadly, you die. That's it. That's the whole reality of it from a business standpoint. So- I feel like Luna definitely has should have been in the black planet. Like I, I, I don't, don't think so because have they been this about their Also, they gotta like pay for like sixteen people. So exactly, yeah. and remember that their debut project was like a year and a half. They each had those units those big budget movies they basically almost were like music videos think about all that they still had to pay all that and the thing is too that some of these k-popics have a stipulation that their like work period doesn't begin until like we get a debut studio album so studio album and so company will have a release like 10 mini albums and you'll do that for like five years but you're according to the contract your like work period hasn't started yet because you haven't given us a studio album that's how they got EAP 
with that. Their contract didn't start until their first full studio album, regardless of the fact that they had like what, like five, six, seven EPs up to that point. Those EPs weren't full studio albums. It wasn't until their first album called what, First Sensibility? Mm -hmm. That's when their contract work period started. And this group was already what, like three, four years old? So they got, so they were basically working for three or four years free and they still had to work another seven, you know, and the companies would do that. They did a girl group like that, but then they had them release like singles, like three or four singles a year. Yeah. And it wasn't until they were about to disband, the girls were like, we had enough, we want to break, that then they were like, okay, now your contract period starts. So you actually have another seven years. The girls were like, you got to be kidding. They got their contract terminated and the group's over. So they got at it. But that's how the companies will get them. And I mean, yeah. I said this countless times before that you're almost better off just being a trainee and leaving than debuting and being an idol. Yeah. <laughs> because to see what they go through doesn't matter. You know, and Luna, I will say, they have they had a big international fan base. I don't really know how they were perceived in Korea. And I mean, I really wasn't a fan of them. I know some of the girls, I know some of the songs from the girls and like one or two of the comebacks. And I will say that, you know, I think that they had a pretty good run, you know, that their music was, you know, of standard. Mm-hmm. But for them to still have these label issues, it just shows that like the no is safe. Or even though you may think that a group is doing well, that they're really not. And the same thing that she was going we have seen countless times before you know despite the laws changing and some breaking their contract it still seems to be like a nag that's not going away in k-pop and it's just like why and what is it like what does it take for this to finally change you know because even now what we're for me anyway that's almost like coming up on like 15 16 years of me listening to k-pop and I'm still hearing about these idols not getting paid. And yeah. I'm like, what? Yeah. It's, it's actually insane. Like, I, Lee Sin Ki like wasn't getting paid. Yeah, well, yeah, like, right now, you would think that there would be some kind of standard. Like, these idols would be, like, on the salary pay or something. But no. Here we are, almost 2023, and the idols are still working for years and not getting paid. Like, that's crazy. Like, it would be... I would, you wouldn't see me anymore. Any of the comebacks or nothing like that. But I was like, I'm not going to work for free like that, regardless of, you know, the company's covering the cost. You know, if you work, you should be paid you like that. And the excuse of like, oh, the fans will take care of you. That's not the fans job. <laughs> the fans job is only supposed to like listen to the music. And if they want to like buy it or go to the concert, that should be it. They don't need to be out here buying them 20 20- pants and things like that i don't know k-pop fans um i feel like they think that it's their job to take care of the idol to be the marketing team to promote them be their pr their voice their heart the label but that should be the way way some labels to get advantage of that kind of thing all of the labels but definitely (laughs) anyway that's all i want to say about that so i mean i wish the girls luck i'm feel bad for the girl that's from Hong Kong because it seems like they have her between a rock and a hard place with that. And I don't know what that 
other Korean member that's going to stay. I mean, again, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes with that. Maybe they promised her, you know, we'll give you a solo, this, that, or the other. I mean, these companies, some of them, they'll lie to their you to stay. I mean, you know, but this isn't the first mess, and this won't definitely be the last mess that we hear something like this. Yeah, that's all I want to say. Okay. Well, speaking of shitty management, management and just like, you know, the really garbage part of the industry, I'm talking about two people. One person who's definitely going to jail. Another person who is potentially going to jail. So, he, <laughs> Yan Hyun Suk himself, tells a judge, like, to his face, without blinking, I assume, that many singers discovered over the past 27 years are YG artists. I have not once heard that anyone suffered or was disadvantaged because of it. We know this is a lie. The reason that he said this to the judge is because he is still in court because of allegations that he threatened Han Sohee, everybody's favorite whistleblower and the bane of Big Bang at this point. He threatened her in order to cover up that Han Bin B.I., formerly of Icon, had some sort of drug situation where he was trying to get drugs and people, the police found out and she came forward and said that he had threatened her to, you know, not in, in indicate or indict or whatever B.I. And so that mess is still going on. I feel like this court case has been going on since the Burning Sun started. So it's literally been in ongoing for like years at this point and, and so basically he asked for leniency because he felt that he helped korea's image and that he was so significant in adding to korean korea's positive image globally and the judge should not send him to jail so they're, the prosecutors are requesting a three-year sentence, and who knows? I mean, I don't think he's going to jail. I feel like there's many reasons I would have put this man in jail, but it seems like she either knows a lot of cops and a lot of people in really good places, or he there's not enough evidence to ever really pin him down. So YG may not be going to jail, but we can hope. Somebody who is going to jail is Chris Wu. So Chris Wu was sentenced to 13 years in prison for rape and group licentiousness. I think that's how you pronounce it. It's late, guys. Fined, and he is fined $84 million for tax-related offenses. So we know, I think a couple of years ago, Chris Wu was basically erased from, from like, social media and everything because somebody had come forward and said that he had raped them and a lot of people had come forward and there was a lot of back and forth and we know like the internet decide like somehow believes that they know all the facts and everybody is lying on their faves so that was going on for like two years and we hadn't heard anything else and then all of a sudden it came out that a Chinese court in Beijing sentenced Chris Wu to 13 years in jail after finding him guilty of a whole bunch of crimes. And so for the rape charges, he got 11 years and six months. And for the group 
licentious, licentious, that includes assaulting two women, he got a year and 10 months. And then he was additionally sentenced a year and 10 months for the crime of assembling a crowd to engage in sexual proximity. Oh my God, I can't, I can't pronounce things. Oh my God, I'm so tired. Okay. <laughs> so basically he got another year and 10 months. So, man, then on top of that, he was charged to pay $83,636,500 for tax-related purposes. And because including hiding his personal income. And authorities state that between 2019 and 2020, Christopher evaded mil- taxes of 95 million yuan, yuan, approximately $13,242,400, and underpaid taxes of about 11709 sorry, $11,709,100. So basically, he has 13 years that he has to serve in China, and then he's going to be deported Canada. Why is he being deported back to Canada, you ask? Because I asked that same question since he's born and raised in China and he only came here to go to school. Well, Chris Wu has a Canadian passport. China does not allow you to have multiple passports. So once you get another passport, your Chinese passport, I guess, is sort of like in the air, depending on like what you can do for China. And China has decided that since he has also this Canadian passport, he will be deported to his true country, which is Canada. After he serves his 13 years in jail. So we're going to get Chris Wu after 13 years and we're going to get Tory Lane back after whatever he gets charged with. And so it's looking great for Canada, guys. But any, anything that you guys have to say about Chris Wu, about YG, about anything having to do with these? I won't just say you're very surprised that... This does not path I would have ever have thought Chris Wu was going to be on. Really? Never. Not like seeing him from like EXO's debut to now was not, was not on the cards. I guess that's all I want to say. But, you know, justice served. He shouldn't go to jail. You know, he's trying to get sympathy for adding value to the country. But that still doesn't erase the fact that you were you know, illegal, illegal things. things. Yeah. So, I mean, that's true even for people here in the States when they try and get an excuse. Yeah, that's all I want to say, you know. Yeah. The legal system finally did something right. Yay. I was actually surprised that he got more time for the rape charges than he did for the tax-related stuff. Because I feel like that would be the opposite case here. And in, like, Korea, you know, where we generally know that rapists get away with you know everything so i was genuinely surprised about that in a in a good way because you know finally the 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 punishment fits the crime in a sense but i so here's the thing chris was my bias from xom and i was a big chris fan for a while and then I remember hearing a lot of things about Chris Wu and Young Girls, and I decided that I would no longer be a Chris Wu fan. So when the charges initially came up and this whole story blew up, I believed it 100%. Like, I, I mean, obviously, you know, you have to wait, and, you know, obviously for the courts to do their thing and justice, you know, do what it needs to do. But I believe it because it was not the first time I'd heard about Chris Wu and these situations and not just in China. Like, 
people on the timeline and like on Twitter were saying that they went to parties where he was like in America and stuff and there would be young girls there. And it, yeah, it was weird. So yeah, I hope he rots, you know, and screw him and screw Jaime YG forever. (laughs) Anybody else have anything bad? Next story. I guess we can just end on this. Two stories. Very quick. Blackpink, our Times Entertainer of the Year. I I think that that is debatable, but, you know, Time has made their their choice, and I respect it. And BTS will finally start their enlistments. So that's, like, the two top groups in K-pop at this point having these really big stories right now. Anybody have anything, any thoughts on those two stories before we go to the like the last topic? Blackpink really, like, is this, like, really, like, they're in? Because I know, like, the rumor is, is, like, you know, they're going to disband or whatever after this But I don't know. I mean, I did really consider going to their concert, but I saw those ticket prices, and I was just, like, for what I might getting, it didn't seem it didn't seem worth it to me. I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't disband just I mean, to keep the money. Like yeah, the money flowing and the promotional I mean, like lo- hanging out with the celebrities and all of that stuff. I mean, well they still to me technically if they because I mean I saw this thing like Lisa with a leaving YG is still gonna be a part of Black Pink. And I mean, I think that might be the route for them to take. And I mean, I guess still have like their yearly comebacks because I mean, that's kind of what Miss A had done, you know. But I mean, they still ended up getting disbanded, which didn't make any sense because they, their only you comeback was the last one. It was like one of the selling, you know, comebacks or whatever you want to call it for that year and they only disbanded quoting here to make room for twice and even the twice girls were upset that they were like why does our DD have to mean end of another group and they looked up to Miss A you know and Miss A they were like like original monster rookies cause their debut song and you know that number one you know like one of the just number one wins on a music show and they yep. get all those awards you know and they were just were just rookie and then like all of their single after that they did well they were like you know they were killing the game you know almost from the start mm-hmm. it didn't make any sense for them to disband but anyways that's a whole nother just another we can go in yeah. <laughs> stuff like that we can save that for another time so yeah, so like with Blackpink, I mean, I mean, but then again, YG does have a track record in general of, you know, kind of gatekeeping them in like restricting their music release and then kind of like a free fall or disbands, you know, or they kind of fade off into the distance. I, I, I mean, and it's not just Blackpink that's kind of going through some things like Treasure like lost two members. A popular member too, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they lost 
like, yeah, uh, Down was like kind of like the star of like treasure and like the next generation of YG artists. And he left, and one of the Japanese members left. People are kind of saying that this isn't the end of that. They're saying that some other members might be leaving. I mean, this is just a rumor. This is just what I've seen, but I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, maybe that can be a whole nother conversation about treasure. But I feel like they were kind of set up from the beginning, you know, or like set up to fail or not be supported. Yeah, so there's that. But I mean, you know, with Twice Getting Time Magazine Entertainer of the Year, if it, I mean, people are probably just mad because it wasn't there that they, you know, listened to that didn't get it. Because I bet you if it was any other group, those fans would be like, yeah, they deserve it. Yeah, our group is Entertainer of the Year. But again, I guess that can be a whole other topic of at times, you know, just just general heat train for Blackpink in general. Anyways, yeah, that's all I'm going to say. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> lastly, we usually do a featured, but we don't have a featured here because we wanted to just briefly talk about a topic that we are very interested in talking about, which is the shift in the fourth gen energy. Jimin, did you want to start that? Yeah, I'll be, I'll try to be brief. When I say the shift in the fourth gen energy, what I'm talking about is we came into the fourth generation and we had no clue where we were getting. And at first we were just like, this is kind of, I'm not really vibing with this. And for the most part, I'm still not very much vibing with it. So, yeah. So basically, I just want to talk about who's up next, because I do think the fourth gen energy has shifted. It really feels like we are heading back towards second gen. I think that fourth gen is going to bring second gen energy. I do. I feel that way. Okay. I understand. I'm, I'm, yeah, my eyes are open. I just just be blank. I'm making a huge statement here, but it's true. I think they're going to take us back to the days of, I think there's going to be a lot more equity between girl group and boy group fame. Like there's, you know, I think we third gen had us all the way messed up. Basically twice was a wall. Blackpink ended up all coming out on top on that. And then obviously like it was an era that ended up being dominated by, it was basically one big group domination after another. Whereas fourth gen does not have that energy. Fourth gen does not have a single like group, you know, guy group or girl group who's just going to be like the big group. Right. Like, I don't see that. I see that there there's going to be a lot of, like a lot of success amongst the groups. And I think there's going to be like, the award shows are not going to look like every major award is either Twice or BTS. I don't think it's going to look like that for their generation. Now, don't get me wrong. Like, it's probably still going to look like that for third, like, like if BTS is still nominated, it's going to look like that, right? But what I'm saying is like, if we were to just get an award show with only fourth gen groups, it would be a lot more competition. So I, I foresee that. And if you want to ask me who's up next, I got a couple people in mind. The number one group that I keep, that keeps coming to my mind is DKZ. I don't know why, but I like, don't you don't think so? 
now I'll tell why after you're done. But Okay, so here's why. They all of a sudden just got a lot of fans. Like I was on two by two. I have a two by two burner account. And I was on it the other day and I was just like, you know, looking at posts. Usually on my two by two burner, I see a lot of stuff about 17 and 80s as well for obvious reasons. But here lately, DKZ has been all like trending all over my stuff. So I really do feel like they have developed a solid fan base and I think they're going to get bigger. Like, I don't think they're going to get less popular. I think they're going to get more popular. I also think, I think that we're going to come to realize eventually that ATs is really a third gen group trapped in a fourth gen body. I think we might end up realizing that same thing about Stray Kids. I think Stray Kids is pretty third gen. Like, I think we can say that. I think that two by two is still going to continue to have success. I think I don't I don't see them getting so big that they can compete with like their what do you call it their sun base in in Ivy. Like I don't see that happening. I think NCT, the new iterations of NCT are going to be big fourth gen entries. In terms of the girl groups, I think literally every single girl group that has debuted in like the past two years that we've talked about on the show will only get more popular. That includes especially New Jeans, Stacy. Canceled. No. No, they're they're definitely canceled in my eyes, but they're all trending all over Twitter. And uh-huh. especially, I honestly think the reaction to them is I like unironically making them more popular. The fact that like there are people literally, it's kind of wild. There are people defending their situation. They just need to disband. Like the whole thing just needs to. I I agree with you. I agree with you. But, but we're talking about like we're talking about the who's up next, and I really feel like I mean between all of the girl groups debut between Hybe and JYP, I think and. I think Espa is going to end up coming out on top, probably of the girl groups. I really think that. I really think oh that. Oh my goodness! I'm gonna let you finish. I'm gonna let you. Dave, Dave disagree on my opinions. Dave's some wild. You think some wild things? I'm gonna let you finish. It's wild or mild. It's wild. It's wild. I think that. I think that. I think. Okay, the only group I think that can probably compete with Espa in terms of potential to come out on top when this is all said and done is in mix. I feel like, I feel like you would need a company what? behind <laughs> you. I think you need a company behind you. I, I think you need a company behind you. Listen, I think you need a company behind you in order to come out. Now I'm saying, okay, I want to be clear. Everything that I'm saying is based almost purely on seeing the Twitter trends, the like Reddit trends, the reactions and everything. It is not at all based on the music because I don't listen to none of these groups. None of them. I And then, okay, another group. Inhypen is going to have their moment. I mean, they're, they already kind of are in their moment, but they're, they're going to be another one of those like big fourth gen groups. Like kind of like, again, second gen kind of have big groups and then slightly less big groups. This is going to, they're going to be one of the big ones. So it's going to be like two by two in hyphen freaking, I guess we're still counting ATs. So I guess ATs, 
stray kids, treasure. Treasure has stands, believe it or not. They have a lot of stands. Any Anything in, coming out of in, with the NTT name attached to it will be big. I think that in terms of the people who are kind of like lesser known now or just going to only get bigger, I think DKZ is one of those groups. I think in terms of, and that's boy groups. In terms of girl groups, I think it's like Inmix, Kepler, Itzy, Espa, Stace, and there's one more in New Jeans. I think that all of those groups are going to stay in people's faces. I don't know. Now, y'all know me. I don't like Espa's music. So what I'm saying is not based on me thinking that their music is great or this and other. This is me saying facts based on the trends in the industry. And if y'all can't see the trends, y'all are just blind. Go ahead, Jay. Tell me about how you can't see the trends. I guess I'm blind. Okay, so first thing about DKC, they are a new group that has been around for like, what, four years now? Yes, they they're not new. Is it not four? Yes, it's like been it's been more than two. I know that much. But people, but, but here's the thing though: like people can still pop off though. I don't, I don't think I mean, that that's yes, a, they can, they can. But because look at, I mean, look at BTS. BTS didn't really pop off for so they popped off no, slightly two years been, after they debut, they but they didn't maintain, really pop off until 2017. No, but DKZ has to maintain their popularity that they have now, okay? And this is a problem not just with them, but with new groups in general, that just because a new group suddenly has this influx of fans and album sales does not mean that it's going to stay. You can always go back to Mama Land when they had their hit, boom, boom, and bam. And then right after that happened, things fell apart. And Mama Land had been around for a while. But Mama Land, I feel like, I personally feel like and again, you're talking to somebody who has, I don't think I've ever listened to a Momo Land song, like at least on purpose, right? I, from based on, from the outside looking in, I can only go on what I'm seeing in terms of popularity ranks. And I never heard people talk about Momo Land like that. Like they, I do hear people talk about Boom Boom, like the song, but I didn't see people like, like trending their reality show or doing this or doing that. Like, Whereas the with- thing is too is that j they only got popularity from Jay Chong going on that BL in BL fans are if they will support anything that has favorite actor. I feel yeah. like I disagree with that, but I continue. Know, I, be, but girl, trust me, I've been a lot of new group, group come and go. They had their moment. You know, you think they're going to stay crown pop? They popped off. And then now oh. look at um, crown pop. Yeah, crown okay. pop too. They didn't, you know, they had their song that they blew up with. They were here for a moment, peak, and then now like And I think this is going to happen with DKZ because nobody really is listening from what I'm seeing or talking about their songs or now. Or they got this. I would say that's true, but what I, but, but you don't think that nowadays. See, I think the difference between some of the things that you're mentioning and then what I'm seeing with DKZ is I'm seeing people actually take the time to learn about the other members who are not Jay Chan at this point. I, mean, I, I still, I guess I, I, I guess I still just don't believe it because, you know, I bet that I live in K-pop for a long time. Sure, yeah, you, you, you just know a lot more about the new girl world. I can't even say just, nothing just, on that. Just the cycle that I'm seeing, and I mean, groups that even I thought were going to laugh. Like who? Because I can't think of any new girl group that has reached this level of like prominence to where they're performing I mean, on the models. 
I like, not that the mamas are a legitimate institution, but you don't see Nugu's on the mamas. I mean, Crown Pop is an example because they tour with Lady Gaga. Like, we're doing things that, you know, at the time, other K-pop groups weren't doing, you know. And then now, like, Adam, I mean, I'm going to go on it. This might be a stretch for me to say, but, you know, I will say that. I'm going to try and be a here, but I will say that for the most part, Madtown had a consistent discography of songs that didn't too much in quality and they never popped off. You know, and they, I mean, I didn't have one about BTS and saying that they kind of was BTS and they didn't. Well, I also, I think that's, a, that's another thing that might be getting confused here because I definitely don't think that that DKZ is going to pop off and be like a a BTS or even like a like a 17 caliber or something like that. I don't think they're going to be like million sellers or anything. I do think they're going to have a, their moment and I do think that they're going to continue to get a more state. I think I can see them being in the same position as like a Astro or like a, another like comparable like the boys, like those types of groups that have been around, have a solid fan base. And you do hear about them, but like they are obviously you're not going to look at them and be like, these are the people who are going to get their songs and stuff like that. I don't think that's the case. I don't know if I said that earlier. If I did, I was not in my right mind. I think what I'm more so saying is I do think that they're going to have the moment and I think that they are next up. I really do think that I guess next up. Okay, I guess I shouldn't say next up because that does imply that I think that they're going to pop off, which I don't think it's going to be like. They are going to pop off in their own way, I think, but I don't think it's going to be a big popping of popping off. I just think it's going to be enough to give them longevity. Like I think that it's going to be enough to make sure they don't disband within like the next year. I I I, I mean I okay. I mean I just don't I just don't see that's fair that's fair yeah, I just don't see because they're coming from like the new world and stuff like. But that. how do you get out of the new world? I guess is like my I, question because it just feels like. With you I mean, saying that, it just feels like you're saying it's impossible to not be a Nugu anymore. I mean, I don't, I mean, I guess BTS would be like the example because, you know, they did start off as an enemy, but they had such a strong fandom. I'm going to say not so much from the beginning because they had like 20 fans. I wish I, I wish I really wish I saved that picture of their first fan meet because it really was just them in like no more than 50 people. Okay, Jay, you're making me sad. Like, you're making me feel I mean, bad for bullying. No, but, I mean, that's the reality. That's where BTS started from. from yeah. there. It's not like this. I'm not bullying them, y'all. Now, when people are trying to make it seem like they popped off from the beginning, it wasn't until after no did they pop off. But BTS also had that American reality show. And then they had fans do the memes. They had the Bing Ting Bong. BTS had content almost consistently coming and that's kind of how their fan base and right. I said before you know it was the black K- K-pop fans and the loyal Korean fans that really helped elevate BTS out of new group. Now some of these other new groups kind of what their fandom base is now is kind of what their fandom is always going to be and I can't really say what take them out of that because even if they do out of it it seems to be for a little bit because well it's like it's not consistent or it's not consistent 
to keep the group alive because, like I said before, Cramp had a bit. You know, they had you know on these girls' neck for like a year. You know, and it was just like, what? You know, we're getting beat by these girls in their helmet, like. But then they and it, you know, it fell apart. Right? I think another. I, yeah. Okay. I, I see you. I see you. Like, you know, the Nuba groups are operating in a kind of different mode within, like, the more popular groups. And to make that just me, they're not for it. But why do you think that is, though? I guess my question I is... Don't, keeps- I, do, I, this will be, I, I don't know. I can't explain that. I don't know. It's just something that I see that either... Maybe it's big, maybe it's big privilege or something like that, or big, a big enough company. I just, I, I guess I just have, I, I guess I feel like this, right? I, this is how I feel on the matter. Sorry, I just, I just wanted to get this off because no, no, go on. I feel like I, we live in an age where random, random like Korean men are popping off just for being Korean and like vaguely attractive. You know what I mean? Like we we literally live in in a world where like nugu doesn't really mean nugu because some of these quote unquote nugus are getting like million views on all of their YouTube videos and all their music videos. It's not. I, I think we live in a little bit of a different world. At the same time, I would have had agreed with you if I didn't see just how consistent and how how like hardcore the new DKZ fans have been. And don't get me wrong, like, I think there are, like, BL fans who have come to the group. Like, obviously, come on now. However, I, like, I don't think it's actually as big of a, like, content. Like, I, I don't think that the people who were, are BL fans that are going to DKZ are not just going there because they're like, oh, yeah, like, Dechan kissed Saham in this show. Like, I think they're going there in addition, like, it's like what got them to DKZ is, of course, the show. But, like, what's keeping them there? I don't think it's that. Like, I think these people seem like regular old armies. They seem like stands to me. And I can tell the difference between stand behavior and from, like, like you know, I just want to see if you're going to do some more gay shit behavior, right? Like, <laughs> like I mean, you must be real, right? Okay, I mean, okay, yeah. Okay. There, I All think right. there's a difference. I think there's a yes. difference. Oh, yes. And, and you can even see that even when it comes to, like, for example, for with, like, groups that have people who haven't done like a drama before or whatever, like if they have fans from the drama, those fans who end up staying are the ones who really want to be there. Like they're not the, the, the ones who are just there because of, Oh, like you look so cute in this movie or whatever. Like they're, they're staying right now. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I think I know for a fact that they're going to be like, I, I, I defer to you on this because you have been here longer than me. You've seen the cycle. I have not personally, like, with, like I've never seen a, a, a new group pop off to this level that I've been seeing with DKZ. Like, it's kind of actually shocking. The fact that they performed at Mama is still kind of, like, blowing my mind a little bit because we were hyping up, what was our group? K-Zero Dragon? What was our group? K-Tiger Zero. Catching Tiger. And they still haven't popped off the same way that that freaking DKZ has now at the same time, like a whole new group of members. I mean, I think there's some internal things going on with K Tiger Zero. Yeah. It's yeah. Is it messy? 
Maybe we can talk about it. Well, no, no, no. I'm asking. Okay, that's part of the episode. I mean, but, the, but the point I'm trying to make is, is like we've been hyping them up for years, and they have they're not nearly as successful as DKZR. And another reason why, and this might be just my own personal like bias creeping in, but DKZ actually has decent music. It ain't like they have bad music. It would be different if like I'm not the pretend like a lot of these Nugles aren't Nugle for a reason. They're Nugle a lot of times for the reason. Whereas DKZ, I just really think they were just one of those hidden gems that like, and also they've also completely changed their group at this point. Like there's only like three of the same, like, you know, previous members. But the point is, mm-hmm. is like, they never really had bad music. Their music was always serviceable. And if you watch them perform, they look like professionals, which, you know, no offense to the other Nugles, but their Nugles do not be looking like professionals, which is why I think, you know, they got an invitation to perform at the Mamas, which not that that's a big, not that the Mamas are, is a legitimate award, but like, it is a big deal, right? It is a big deal for somebody who is that Nugu, allegedly. So I, I do see you and I do I don't hold any delusions. I definitely defer to you. I will always defer to you on this because I, I just have not seen the patterns. I don't hold any delusions. Like, they're not my favorite group or anything. It's just what I foresee. Now, I was more interested to hear, like, kind of your thought, your take on... What did I say that when I was saying the girl groups? Because... What, 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 you said about what, or whatever. what did you say? I, I was, like, yeah, I said something controversial because, you know, I don't even like... Okay, <laughs> I shouldn't say that out loud, but I don't really mess with Espa like that. But I said something controversial and I said, I see them as leading this next generation of girl groups. And I and no, I'm not counting anybody that like debuted like a much like longer before them. Like I'm not, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I, I really see them as pairs with more like, like in mix and like these more, much newer groups, Kepler, stuff like that. Oh, and you said something about you. <laughs> you don't see them as pairs? You don't see them as the same? I mean, I just... Time period. Those two groups, like, they're just so, I mean, especially Eminix. Eminix music is so, like, polarizing that. Ethnic groups, ethnic music is extremely polarizing. And look at their stands. Their stands are on, their stands are literally on the same drugs as Rue from Euphoria. (laughs) (laughs) No, but okay, the only reason why Espa is going to pop off is because Espa is going to shove and down our throats yes. more popular because that's what they did with NCT. I'm not going to, we're definitely not going to sit up here and act like NCT were killing it at the game when they came out because it was all bad or worse as when EXO did. I mean, well, XOK, when XOK debuted and we were all like, I don't know this, but we were all like, so in, yes, give us more. I concur. Yes, we are going to be Stockholm Syndromed into loving Espa. The same way I was Stockholm Syndrome into listening to EXO and Red Velvet. I agree with you. And I feel like that's going to happen with it's even their original concept. But I feel like the same thing is going to happen with MNIX that those two girl groups are releasing polarizing music that is giving them attention. I mean, I guess I was Stockholm Syndrome into liking OO, and that's only because their fans were able to remix the song into something that was. That's kind of sad. Now, Dice was. I, I can't. I can't rock. It's too, it's too disconjointed for it to work for me. I mean, I see the idea there could have been executed better, but the way that it is. 
serving a purpose of like getting people talking about it to look at the envy to like check out their other song to see if there's anything more like it. And I mean, I think that's the way that they are going to, you know, the next. Right. But that's but that's the point, right? This is about the next up. It's not about who's good, because if we talk about who's good, I'm going to be real with you. There's only one fourth gen group that really I'm feeling it for and I'm seeing it for. But if we're talking about like who is going to pop off or whether we like it or not, like we have to recognize that GYP and SM are going to shove their groups down our throats. I mean, I I mean, I agree on that front that it's going to be those groups. I mean, you know, I, you know, for me, boy groups, you know, I always sigh every time I say their name are going to be like one of the next groups. Stray kids. I mean, whether I like it or not, I mean, like for saying, it's just looking at everything so far, you know, they are next in line. You know, I will say ATs as well. Who else did? And it's sad because to me, straight kids and ATs should really be, I know we used to say 4Gen this, 4Gen that when it comes to them, but I really do think they should be more so categorized with like the third gen and BTS and, and gossip and all those groups. It just feels like they fit better there than they do with the these other groups just feel incredibly too young to be mm-hmm. compared with them. Right. I mean, what's another point? I mean uh, tomorrow by together. <laughs> oh my I mean Don't hate Jay. Don't I mean, hate They change their music too much as well. I mean, I can't I do have to admit like, them in hyphen, even though I think in hyphen should expand. New jeans as well, even though that group should just be in because they have a 13 year old. They're going to pop off. Like their their controversy got them more fans. Isn't that crazy? Right. You, I mean, you're right. I mean, I'm not even going to sit up here and. <laughs> I mean, as sad as that is, you're right. And I mean, I just feel so bad for those girls because I'm just like, you know, there's going to be that we in the future things that are just going to come out that are going to be like. Hey. Mm-hmm. Damn, maybe we should stop this, but it's not going to happen until something bad happens. I already see people like trying to protect the the reasoning behind that whole cookie thing, and I'm like, what the fuck are y'all talking about? These people, these girls are twelve. Like, what are you saying? And I mean, to me, it's like, I guess outside of this conversation. I mean, their whole style and song and everything is most like y'all are just playing off of people's nostalgia. Yep. No. And I mean, if they were grown, I would for this. But literally because they are 12-year-old girls singing these songs in a very sexual way or like sexual coded. I'm like, no, this is not it. And I mean, the argument could be made is that, you know, growing up, we were listening to that kind of music on a, like, I guess, unintentionally, you know, because I would say for some of us, those little kids that were up there singing about that, they were our age, like, we related to them, you know, what they were singing about. They did not write that, you know, most likely some grown adult sexual lyrics for them little kids to sing. I'm not saying that that was right then. You know, I can maybe say that we didn't know any better back then. And maybe that's why, you know, it's slid. Now we know better. Now we're more things. And that's why, you know, I'm saying it wasn't okay then. And it's not okay now. I mean, we didn't know back 
Because can we, you know, Jay's like, let me like, reiterate. It wasn't, it wasn't okay back then. Even though we didn't know, it wasn't okay then. And it's not okay now. I think because back then there wasn't any or enough people that were saying this isn't right. Something about this is wrong. That now people are like, why do you have a problem about it? Why are you bringing this up now? Why are you on this now? And like I said before, because we know a more. You know, a little bit, literally a little bit more older and like can say like, this isn't right. This needs to stop. But again, like I said, I don't know what it's going to take for it to stop. I mean, I know there have been some groups when the kids were little teen and they stopped their jeans because it was enough of an outrage. That didn't happen with new jeans. <laughs> so... Yep. Maybe they escaped it, but I hope you know, going forward, any group that tries to do it, this you know that they are disbanded. And I will agree. I mean, Christine Aguilera said when she said that any child that's trying to get in entertainment should wait until they're at least eighteen, you know, to debut and anything like that. I somewhat understood what she was saying, and. I mean, I definitely understand now, and I see where she was coming from. I mean, I'm not saying that even though at 18, are like actually well, smart because you're not. When you, you know, you can make really a decision, but I guess you have a little bit more agency to know. You know, I feel like at 18, though, I will say I do think that it is a decent age to choose because even though you're not, your brain's not fully developed. I've had enough life experiences to know, to recognize when something feels off to you. Right. And yeah, so that's where I'm coming from with that. I don't think there's any group that think, well, I get involved. <laughs> so just in general. So I think, you know, just someone said, okay, you know, already, I just wish that there was quality of music in general. Oh, definitely agree. From K from K pop. I mean, that's kind of in the NCT hasn't had a good song since twenty eighteen, so I definitely agree. But I feel like we will get Stockholm syndrome into liking a lot of these groups or supporting their music. I don't know what happened to Jay. It's like I he muted know. himself, but <laughs> I did. Oh, oops. Sorry. So, oh, I thought he cut I thought he cut up. So. That's actually better. All right. Yeah, so I just said that I think we will get Stockholm Syndrome into like a lot of these groups reaching the next level, whether they want to or not. Yeah. Okay. Well, Nat, Ash, do you do y'all have any quick thoughts about who's up next? Yeah. I just want to quickly say definitely the girls. I'm talking, you know, new jeans, however you feel about them. They are the trendiest. Oh wait, I'm here. Oh, it's probably me. I'm sorry, I'll mute. Okay. Oh, can I add Ive and I guess Stacy too? Oh yes, Ive and Stacy. I, I forgot about those three. Never heard a whole Stacy's. <laughs> You're freaking missing out. You have I, to hear so bad and ASAP. Those two, you have to hear. Okay, I mean, I just, I just, girl. I mean, I just know of them. I heard yeah. a little bit of "Run to You" and that's it. But I just looked at yeah. them and I was like, okay, and stuff like that. But yeah, okay, I'm done now for real. Okay. Yeah, definitely going to recommend ASAP so bad. And Run to You is really cute too. But anyways, yeah. So for me, I definitely like, I, I generally tend to like girl groups more. So, you know, as I said, New Jeans, 
I think are very trend. And I think because they're young, their fans are their age. And I think that's going to lead to more loyalty. But also Korean culture really likes young, cute things. So I think that's why things like Hype Boy, like the dance is so popular. Like I've seen four out of the seven members of GOT7 have done like challenge or whatever for it. So it's definitely something that everybody is doing because it's trendy and because it's cute and young and fresh, I guess. You know, as Jay said, they bake on nostalgia. So while that's their thing, I think it's still going to be popular. Um, but, you know, Korean pop, the Korean like, public is very fickle. So who knows? They, those girls will turn like 16, 17 and they'll turn again or something. Who knows? In terms of like big companies, I do feel like the Espas, the Itsies, you know, the new YG group, because I think they said they're going to try to debut a group soon, especially if it does not resign. You know, Elise Seraphim, New Jean, these groups are definitely going to have that bigger push because they're from companies that have, you know, money, one. And just, you know, the the ability to pressure other, you know, shows and things like that to include them. So we'll definitely see more of them. I do think the sort of like mid-set company, you know, like Starship, you know, they're going to have their Ivy, obviously, because Ivy's huge. It has Wan Young. So it's going to do well. They make great music, though. So I'm not really even mad about it, but they'll have that. And you have Cube with not Lights Up. Lights Up is their news group, and I don't think anybody really does. But Silent I G Idols. they existed. Exactly. Silent G Idol definitely is huge in Korea. Like, they're so popular. And the public loves Soyeon and what's her name? The the singer. It starts with M, I remember her name. But they love them. And so I definitely feel like those groups will continue to dominate next year. Like I, I'm hoping. Because I didn't really love like after like Love Dive, Mood, Fearless, you know, even Feel My Rhythm by Red Velvet. Like I felt like A Pink's Dilemma. Like the there's so many good, solid music coming out. And we had third gen. We had second gen with Forever One and When I Move. And, you know, we have the new gen with all their music. Like, I thought that it was, it was different. The girls, women, however they identify, you know, really brought diverse music this year. I feel like with boy groups, a lot of what happens is the sound, sound starts to sound very similar because they're like, you know, hip hop rapper kind of whatever you don't really have that much diversity with boy groups in my opinion but i felt like the girl groups were really giving us so many different things like new does not sound like after like does not sound like fearless doesn't sound like anti-fragile you know doesn't sound like attention none of these songs sounded like each other or were even similar so i feel like the girls are hopefully going to continue to dominate because i enjoy their music better anyway so that's great the boy groups didn't do a bad job, <laughs> but, you know, they really did bank on the fact that they have a more quote-unquote loyal fan base, so they didn't need the Korean public in the same way because they still sold, like, millions of albums, <laughs> you know? Like, none of their songs were in the top 10, but, like, they sold millions of albums, so it is what it is. And I enjoyed some of it. Like, I didn't like Two Baddies, but I liked the songs on the album. Who else? I like to type in troll music. Pass the mic. I, I really did like it. I'm sorry, guys. Who else? Who else? And we'll just drop music that I liked. Big Bang dropped Still Life. Boy group that dropped music that was okay. We had fun with Stray Kids album. We always have fun with NCT. You know, like even 
if they're not giving what we want in title tracks, I feel like their B-sides were actually pretty decent and pretty good and pretty competitive. So it, I guess it balanced out in that way where like, if I'm going to listen to a boy group song for the most part, I'm going to listen to a B-side. Where if I'm going to listen to a girl group song, I'm going to listen to like, you know. So I feel like it did balance itself out this year. But I definitely feel like we are more entrenched in like, this is the year of the fourth gen. This is where, this is the year that the fourth gen really made themselves know. Like they declared that we are here. This is our time. That's now. that shift in energy that I was telling y'all about. So I definitely agree with that consensus. Because if you watch the mamas, it was fourth gen, like, period. I saw that some third gen groups were like kind of sad because they're like, no, no BTS, no God 7, no all those. And I'm like, yeah, because their time is done. Like, you know, I mean, obviously I'm from like the second gen, so I've already been through this. So it's like, yeah, it happens. Like, I just like enjoy what you can, right? But obviously for people who got into K-pop with the third gen, they really did feel that energy for the first time, like that shift. And yeah, it could kind of be kind of jarring, you know, like where the sound that you expect or the groups that you expect to be there are not there anymore. And you're just like, kind of feel like aloof in some sense. You're like lost in the crowd. So, I mean, sorry guys, you know, we're here for you. We believe that you'll get through this. Don't worry. You'll get through these enlistments as well. I've been through yeah, so yeah. Honestly, y'all will, y'all will probably find new groups to stand. Y'all will end up. I mean, let's be real. Like all of these armies that was on the phone crying with Jin yesterday, calling him, but, my baby, my baby. This man is 42. He, he has a pension. He has a couple of children. He's not your baby. <laughs> I say this as I completely infantilize like all of my babes. But the point is, is like you you will not be there. <laughs> they literally trended. We will still be here. And I'm like, y'all tell one direction that same shit. <laughs> and half of y'all are armies now. So yeah, no, absolutely. I agree. I, so the, I mean, I just want to say like, yes, in closing, I definitely feel the energy. I sense it. I'm actually kind of excited because I did think this was a really fire year for music. I thought that like this more than most years had the most diversity in terms of sounds. And we have so many solos. I feel like we had more solos from like idols in established groups that are still around and not disbanded than we ever have before in the past. So I actually really appreciated that as well. We had so many more tours on an international level. I mean, Blackpink is still on their world tour. GB did uh, all of Asia and he did some South American tours. Now he's going to Europe. Jackson just arrived in Manila. So AOMG's going on tour. Epic High is doing this huge international tour. So we're definitely going to get more tours you know, as, you know, we get back to normal, I'm doing because, you know, we're still pandemic, but whatever. But yeah, I feel like this has been a, a really exciting year for K-pop. And I'm hoping that 2023 is also the same. So is this again? It's in hyphens. Um, Y'all don't really make me listen to this group. I've never listened to it. You have to listen to it. Like, you have to listen to the song. It's amazing. But anyways, in closing, you know, we, I feel like we pretty much enjoyed most of what we had this year. I mean, I thought it was a, compared to like the last couple of years, K-pop has definitely improved this year. I, I think that could be something we could hope. If not, that's fine too. But yeah, this is our last regular episode for 2022 and it's onwards and upwards. Thank you once again for all of your support and for sticking around with us. We know we haven't been like the most consistent outside of our Patreon, but you know, life happens. I'm sure you agree. 
So you're definitely going to see us more next year. We're, we're working on it. And once again, we do have a Patreon. It's $3 a month. And we have so, like, we have so much in the backlog, guys, that you could probably get sick of us if you actually went through all of it. I doubt it, though, because we're funny. So I think you would really enjoy it. And, you know, it helps us, obviously, put out more content for you. And one last thing I want to say before actually wrapping it up is like, if you guys like our episodes and you like our content, you know, please like and review and, you know, leave comments and share, you know, that helps more people find us. And so we are going to go. You can send us an email at notyouraveragenetizens.gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at Nyan Edizens. You can find us on Twitter at our Facebook, Instagram at netizens. We are almost three hours in this. It feels like the olden days, doesn't it, guys? Shout outs, I guess, before, since our last regular episode. Do we have any shout outs? I'm going to say shout out to 2022 for finally coming to an end. Even though I will say it kind of sped up there at the end. Like in the beginning, it was kind of slow, but then it sped up real quick. Shout outs to everybody for being here. Shout outs to all the independent artists of the world. You really are the backbone of the music industry, even though they don't want to say it, tell y'all that. Shout outs to what the fuck, Jay? That scared the shit out of me. It scared me so bad. And then one more shout out to shit, I forgot. But yeah, shout outs to anybody. Basically, anti-shoutouts, I should say, to Elon Musk, trash human being, and Twitter is now, like, garbage. I mean, it was already garbage, but it's, like, like the rancid garbage, you know what I mean? So, yeah, that's it. Jay, any shout-outs? Shout-out to us. Yay, shout-out to the listeners. We survived. <laughs> Maybe it's the same thing I should say. We've been blessed make it to the end of the year okay and then we're all here together yeah and continue to be together yeah so wait i want to shout out one more thing i'm sorry shout outs to megan and harry i will definitely be sitting and seated for that netflix special i think the world is going to be seated and seated for that because even I, who doesn't really actually care about them at all, will be sitting there watching it overall. But I really want to see what they'll do and say. Yeah, I mean, I, I doubt. I'm so myself. I was thinking about making the Stanley and Harry Styles. Don't act me wild. Don't act me wild. And then it took me. It took me a minute to register. It actually reminds me of the Pam and Tommy. The Pam and Tommy from earlier. Oh, when yes, he- I thought it was. And I thought you were talking about the Martin characters. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Me, I, I understand now, but it's just like, I think we're going to special. I'm so fun. I'm so. I'm deceased. That See, this, is, this, is, this is the content that you really come back for, listeners. This is the fun stuff. Okay. Oh, right. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Drop my mic again. I'm deceased. It's like literally like at the edge of my desk and facing me. And I guess because the cord is like right in my lap, every time I touch the cord, it kind of like leans over. Apologize. I also want to shout out real quick to 10, NCT 10 or Wavy 10. I don't know what it is about his vibe. I really love him. Like, I really love him. 
Like, I might actually be a fan of him. And y'all know I don't say that I'm a fan of anybody except for Tammy and Shiny. So that should tell y'all something. Something about this man, he just is literally me, but like not. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. So you're like sexy and talented. Is that what you're saying? Oh my gosh, um, what I did listen to was Tamian's mood and like all the covers of everybody trying to do what he was doing. But anyways. I listened to Tamian's move and like all the covers of everybody, you know, they were trying to do what he was doing, like SF9 and Pentagon. Actually, we did have an episode about how Tamian's move was a cultural reset and how nowadays literally everybody is trying to is trying to do the whole gender bending thing now because Tamin did it. So in yeah, K pop I agree. Do you know what I like agree. the boy version of adult ceremony? That's oh, actually oh. true. Oh, adult ceremony? Yeah, yes. the boy version of it. Okay, but oh, that's another gender. Yeah, I'm gonna say I thought y'all said adult ceremony was about losing your virginity, but okay. <laughs> I'm very confused. I mean, I feel I feel like the sexiness of it and like the femininity of it, like, even though like Move isn't like quote unquote like a still tape and song, whatever. I feel like there's like really good, sexy, feminine vibe. I think that's very similar to what they do in Adult Ceremony. The only difference is that, like, with all the covers of Adult Ceremony, I feel like nobody really gets the song. I think they just go for like trying to be sexy. They don't really understand like how to actually toe the line of like what the song is about. Like, they don't really understand it, so they just go for, like, over-the-top sexy, and they, they wear that skirt with, the, like, the high slit, and they think that's doing it. And it's like, no, you have to understand the song. And I think that's the same thing with Move. A lot of people don't understand, like, the actual song and, like, how to move to it. They just right. go for, like, sexy. And it's not sexy. Taman is doing yeah. something innovative there. He's doing sensual, but, like, but not overtly sensual like he's doing so much that they don't comprehend it which is why it looks bad when they do it I'm so sorry you were in the middle of telling that you're saying okay. the shout outs it is fine it is fine shout out to us for another year you know I agree with Jay we made it celebrate all the wins even the small ones okay so yeah celebrate like Shout out to us for making it shout out to all of the listeners who are still here and to our patrons Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. And shout out to Ash, who I'm very certain is asleep. Yeah, I'm here. Okay, but when we was asking for you earlier, you didn't say nothing, so you just woke up. <laughs> it really is like the like the old days, guys. It's like a blast from our past. Actually, Ash, we just did some shout outs. Would you like to give your shout out before we end the show? I don't really have shout outs, so you can go ahead and continue. <laughs> shout out to Ash's sleep paralysis demon. She had her chips. She was like, I'm out. You gotta send us some of them chips sometime. All right. Well, once again, thank you guys. You will have our, our next episode is going to be our Nyan Awards. I guess we'll share the categories if you guys want to like chime in, you know, for the big show, whatever. But yeah, it's going to be exciting. And I'm sure that BTS really hopes that they'll win one because, you know, they're all about awards. So we'll see. We'll see. 
they only dropped the compilation album this year, guys. I'm not really saying it for them. Mm-hmm. We will see. I just had an interview with the Recording Academy, by the way. Just thought I'd yes. that out there. Yeah, I know he, he was doing some stuff with them. So. Wait, okay, oh, anyway, okay. we gotta go. Yeah, so I can have his babies. All right, bye, y'all. Thank <laughs> you.